Greetings and welcome back to another round of uh, audio shenanigans. I'm one half of the duo of Controls and Couches, Full Metal Chicken. And I'm Steph, and uh, you'll also hear for a little while the featuring of our next door neighbour. Yeah, doing. Fixing the fence that fixing these dogs the fence. have been chewing through. Yeah, so you're going to hear background today, so we apologise for that. But we left recording way, way, way too late this week, so yeah. we have no other choice but to record now. Yeah, now is the time we have to do this. So, uh, yeah, what's new? Oh, also, before we get into it, if you're here for a specific portion of the podcast, guys, our timestamps will be linked. So you can jump ahead to whatever you feel like. Nice. Um, honestly, not much. Uh, we'll get into the NBN drama part two. Yep. Um, we got told that... We got. I got told different reports on returning to work, aka continuing on with my experimentation in my masters. Um, one person says one thing, but the law and the university say another. So I'm kind of like stuck in the middle. And I had a meeting with my boss, and things that we had agreed upon before we're no longer doing. And so I just have to reshape a ton of things. But that'll get done, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Uh, nothing. Just uh, working. Uh, been reading. I've been. Did reading. you update it on Goodreads? No, it's not, not yet. official till it's Goodreads um, official. I've I've been reading Ghost Flight by Bear Grylls. Um, so it's a you know action adventure survival um, series. It's actually part of a trilogy. Um, and the first one which we avoid they're on order yeah. the other two books they're on their way eventually so the first one is um, essentially it's like um, man like the series man vs wild and all that sort of stuff so it's, it's almost like part of that gets incorporated into this but it's essentially there's the the main protagonist um, William Jaeger or some people pronounce it Jaeger but Jaeger essentially um, former SAS and essentially he's um you know, leading an expedition in, into the Amazon jungle. So, yeah, I'm not going to give any spoilers because I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm about probably three quarters of the way through. So, uh, Have you updated it on Goodreads yet? No, not yet. Not yet. So, um, yeah, it's uh, you know, definitely action-packed. Um, and, yeah, I'm looking forward to the, the next two to come in so I can continue reading. But, uh, yeah, no, that's what I'm doing at the moment. And I, just the usual Call of Duty, but the lag is... Mm. Annoying me so much that I haven't been playing much. Unlike you, like you've nearly maxed out everything. So. <laughs> no, I haven't. Um, do you want to get into the MDM drama? Uh, yes, essentially, NBM wise. Um, I would like to rewind th- four years. Yeah. If possible. Yep. And I distinctly remember you saying, wouldn't it be funny if we eventually got NBM? Yep. And. Um, we got NBN, but we technically didn't at the same time because they it wouldn't actually the build wouldn't be completed. Please continue. Yeah. So what's happened? Is uh, we left you off with them us being told it would be fixed in twenty four hours. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, it probably won't be finished for a month, possibly. It's two. a week and two days after we were told that. Yeah, and <laughs> with we've called our IP and no service has been you know organised or anything. But essentially, what's happened is. There's nothing wrong with our line. There's nothing wrong with the DPU. Essentially, it's problematic. You know, there's problems with the fiber, which could mean multiple things. But essentially, either when they installed the NBN, they didn't do it properly, 
it's incomplete or the fiber's broken. So essentially there's going to be an argument now between multiple IPs on who has to actually organize the people to come out and get it fixed. So from speaking to a few people, it could take anywhere from a month to about, you know, six months because they're low on techs and it's an ongoing issue because they were Well, the, the bottom line is, is that the cord that links us to the node either is broken or it doesn't exist. Yeah. So everything up into the pit at the end of the neighbor's driveway is working, yeah. which is exactly what we thought. But it's funny how no one's calling us seven times a day, no. asking, you know, offering help now. No, no help now. So which really annoys me. But what are you going to do about it? And it was great because yesterday we did a speed test and we got 1.5 megabits per second download, 0.13 megasecond upload. So just to give you an idea, um, Stefafar was Twitch streaming. And At least I thought, thought I was Twitch streaming. Yeah. And what turned out to be a three-hour, 20-minute stream on Friday night from... I ended it literally at like 11.30. Um, oh, no, it would have had to be more than that then because I think four I started at about five. Yeah, it was a four-and-a-half-hour gig. Um, it was gone and compressed into 40 minutes and 36 seconds. And then I've gone, oh, that's interesting because I was using your computer to connected to the capture card and that footage told me that it was the full amount of time yeah and that it was on air and so i was just kind of devastated about it but what can you do and then when you look back at it it is so staticky so jumpy and it gives you an idea of why we're getting slaughtered so much because we are not actually where we are and we get so much packet loss we get about 10 percent packet loss we actually took a video the other day because my I didn't want my friends to think I was lying. They're like, oh, my God, you're not playing objective. Oh, my God, you keep dying. You, I died 89 times. Yeah. And they were like, what are you doing? And I kept backing, like, the game would keep kicking me out of the party. Yeah. And then I pretty much just took a video and said, look, I'm operating with 450 millisecond 536 lag. we banked out at. And... Then they're like, oh, shit, you know, you need to get your internet sorted. And I've gone, trust me, we've been trying to do that for four or five years. So, um, yeah, it is. It's it's getting to the point where I can't even log in for a Zoom meeting anymore. Yeah. Because everyone was taken off. Because um, we've had a lot of new, new like buildings, houses, townhouses built in the area. And so... They get put on our ADSL network now. So instead of it being where one block would be one, yeah, like one channel, there's three times as many yeah. on that one line. And then that skews obviously the whole... It, does that make sense what I'm saying to you? Yeah. So it's technically... So some blocks have two or three houses. So they're going to have two or three times the load on and the system. Just... And so no one was on... Our internet was already shit. But if we, on a good day you could get like... 0.8 to 1 megabit per second upload. Yeah. And you could kind of go, okay, you know, that's doable. But now I'm just resorting to just... Hot spotting through your hot phone. Hot spotting through my phone. And I'm lucky because we have Telstra and Telstra have good data packages and stuff. So I can literally, it doesn't even tap out 5% of my f plan to do that. So I've been happy. 
Because last time I hot spotted through my phone, I got like 980 meg per second. I actually haven't measured my hotspot speed through my well, phone. Well, that's download. 980 yeah. megabit. It's just terrible. <laughs> and so I'll be in a meeting with my lab and then they'll ask me something and to them I probably say like... And then they'll be like, I'm sorry, we can't hear you. And then so I have to leave the meeting. Yeah. And they think I've just abandoned them there and decided I don't want to pay attention to them anymore. Yeah. Switch over to mobile data. Go back in and say, I'm so sorry, my internet is doing pretty poorly. Um, I'm just going to have to use my data. Yeah, it's just stupid. Absolutely stupid. And like, oh, you just need to send an email. Yes, but the emails, I need to attach things that are worth 10 Uh is it megabyte files so it needs a bit of upload to yeah, get oh. things going it's a bit so once all this you know gets fixed um you know we can actually do stuff it's, it's kind of sad though and i didn't realize how bad it was on call of duty until i got to get to the sniper class max leveling yeah but what do you do anyway um where are we at so you've said your book updates yep yep um Oh, I found a streamer that I really like. Um, his name's Z3NZ. E, uh, He's really cool. Um, it takes a lot for me to say I actually like a streamer, especially a Call of Duty one. Um, but yeah, I, I got gifted a T1 subscription for one month. Yeah. So I was pretty stoked. I've only, since I followed, I should say now subscribed, I only missed one stream and that was yesterday. But as you can imagine, uh, we went to bed at 3am. So when he started at 3.30, I was zonked. Yeah. And I missed it. But what do you do? He's a cool dude. Um, Yeah, he's pretty cool. And he likes golf, so he talks about golf a lot. And he plays with two of his friends. And they taught me, like, just watching how they play it. Um, And he's actually really good, like... He either has 100 wins on Warzone now or close to 100 wins. Yeah. I haven't seen his latest stream to be able to, to tell you that. Um, but, yeah, he's really good. Uh, so, yeah, you already said that I started streaming. I thought it was going to be some breakout thing. I thought it was going to be absolutely fantastic. Um, I was sending, like, spending time on updating everything, setting everything up. And then on Friday, I just decided, you know what, let's just try and work out the kinks today. And boy, were there kinks. Yeah, it was ridiculous. So, yeah, you got any COD updates? Um, Besides holding out for the Season 4 Battle Pass, which is going to come out Thursday afternoon, Tuesday afternoon, which means our Xbox is going to be out of commission for 24 to 48 hours. And essentially, I was looking at, you know, we'll trying to get through all the ribbons i'm so close i'm about 95 percent through all the ribbons but it's got down to a point where because of the the level of what the amount of latency um one of the ribbons is you need to call in a juggernaut which is 15 kills and you need to get 20 kills with you know a vehicle now the latency is so high and so bad that you can't do that you can't I'm, since 2007 i have never ha- like the internet's just so bad that i've never had a juggernaut in game ever i've never been able to call on a juggernaut and i've had friends play you know on our internet connection and they've never been able to get you know the kill streak ever so it's a case of you know what do you do just wait for the uh 
you know. Yeah, when it comes in another... How long did they promise you? Two months? A couple of months? Or something like that? Well, in, initially it was 24 hours. No, in the this latest email that they sent me, how long did they say? All they said was, you know, we just got to wait. It could, you know, just... I'm pretty sure they you. said a couple of months or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something stupid. What I was asking. And when I rang them up, they said it could take months. Yeah. So, now, do you um, say they switched off the ADSL network before we got NBN? I would be so pissed off. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, good one. You guys are, you know, pardon the language, fucking geniuses, you know? Um, uh, what was I going? Oh, this was if we hadn't, we were obviously planning on up. Loading, uh, recording this podcast early in the week, but everyone already knows that it's now double XP, that we've got 24-7 shipment, 24-7 shoot house um, and drop zone and that kind of thing. Um, and then it goes until literally the new season racks over. Yep. So everyone knows that. I ain't going to talk much about that. Still no news about the new Call of Duty and today's the last day in May. So every day that goes by, I'm more and more confident that there isn't going to be a Call of Duty next year because no one's no. in the offices working on it. No. So they're just going to keep running and out. And they're making bank with this one. Yeah. So, we're, um, but we did get some news. I got an email from uh, PlayStation this morning saying that, and of course my phone won't let me log in, um, they're having a, I haven't even really clicked the link, but they emailed about thing about their email, obviously about the new gen console um and they're doing a what date did they say honestly can't even was it the second or the fifth i don't know i haven't been paying attention i sent it use a screenshot earlier today uh join us june 5th at 6 a.m australian eastern standard time for the future yeah for playstation 5 um so yeah it is what it is I suppose it is what it is. And I mean, we already know what it looks like. We already know the specs of it. Yeah. But this stage, I don't. Are they putting out another Infamous with it? No clue. If they put out another Infamous, I'll buy it just so it can be an Infamous machine that I never use. Yeah. <laughs> that I never play. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I'm much more geared to the Series X. Yeah, it looks good. Alrighty. Yeah. What else was there? Oh, do you want to jump into today's quizzy Yeah, we quiz? can do today's quiz. Today's quizzy course. Alright. Um, your coffee order will reveal which friends couple you and your significant other are most like. I, you were updating your coffee membership the day I was looking for a quiz and I was like, oh yeah, this will do. Yeah. Alright, what are you ordering? Uh, espresso. Wait, you have to read it out, Michael. Oh. <laughs> Latte, macchiato, americano, tea, hot chocolate, it's espresso. Espresso. Then choose your syrup. I, you didn't even let me answer. <laughs> Jesus Christ, none of these things. What's the ice one I normally get? It's an iced coffee, but they don't have that there. But it's a shot in espresso. Oh, oh, I guess it's different. This would be hot chocolate. Yep. Uh, then the next one is choose your syrup, which is hazelnut, peppermint, caramel, vanilla, toffee nut, none. I, I don't go anything. Caramel. So I'm going none. Caramel. And then... Add a, another syrup. Cinnamon. Cinnamon, peppermint, pumpkin spice, salt. Oh, salted caramel. Raspberry, none. Salted caramel. Yeah, I'm going none. 
uh, milk. This is a wasted opportunity for him to spell it out like that A2 commercial full cream. Yep. Only 2% fat. You no? could, yeah. All right. I remember that. That's funny. Yeah. Let me play it. Uh, milk, um, full fat, semi-skimmed coconut milk, almond milk, cream. No thanks. If you're from Australia and you don't know this, cultural reset. What the fudge? Yeah, that's, that's not, not it. it. Sorry, continue. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to go just normal, you know, full fat milk. Yeah. Um for me too please it's a hot chocolate it's all powdered anyway yep um any toppings uh chocolate whipped cream cinnamon strawberry caramel none thanks they put the normal milk in a hot chocolate and they put the chocolate bits the yeah chocolate so you put chocolate on top so chocolate sometimes you even have it with whipped cream yeah that's a belgian yeah hot, um, chocolate. hot chocolate though so chocolate what size is your order? Hmm. Let's see. You got extra small. You got small. You got medium. You got large. You got extra large. You got extra, extra large. Small Jeez. for me, thanks. How big are the freaking coffees in America? <laughs> huge. Um, I'm usually going like a medium or a small. Usually medium. Finally, choose snacky poo. Caramel, car oh my god, caramel on the brain. Cinnamon swirl, muffin, cookie, fruit salad, or sandwich. Mm, no, um, I think you should grab a snack with it. Or no snack. I don't normally either. You, you with your membership, you get one hot drink free, and I'm with. If I'm with you, your free drink goes to me. Yep. So I'm gonna go. All right, off with it. Uh, Richard and Monica. Isn't he the rich dude with the yeah. video calling? Yeah. 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 What does it say? What's the uh, word? Congratulations. Your relationship is like Richard and Monica's. Both of you have different ways of viewing the world. One of you is the more traditional traditional type, while the other offers a fresh approach. You both enjoy seeing the world from each other's perspectives. Your relationship has a lot of potential, but at the end of the day, you might be looking for different things. Talk it out early on to avoid potential heartbreak. Oh, <laughs> brutal. I got Joey and Charlie. I have no idea who Charlie is. Congratulations. Your relationship is like Joey and Charlie's. You and your significant other haven't known each other for very long, yet there's something that draws you to each other's personalities. Whether you're suited as partners is a little dubious, since it seems that they actually work a lot better friends you're probably trying something out casual to see where it takes you word of warning one or both of you making googly eyes on other people can i just say that that's what i would never order yeah. if it was for coffee i would get a cold brew just saying so all of this is wrong <laughs> but what do you do and i actually wouldn't put that much caramel in there i just selected it because if something comes with the option of caramel i must select caramel yeah right, i found the advertisement it's for paul's milk you ready Low fat, no fat, full cream, high calcium, high protein, soy, light skim, omega-3, high calcium with vitamin D and folate or extra dollop. Uh, uh, I, I just, just want milk, milk that tastes like real milk. This tastes like, like full cream milk. milk. Yeah. And 2% fat. She's such a sassy, sassy bitch and I love her. <laughs> 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 Alright, yeah, that's it, sorry. It's funny when you listen to it, you know the words. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those ads. Uh, no movies to review for you today, but we do have some shows. Yeah. Um, I was advised to watch Motherland Fort Salem. 
Therefore, I roped you into watching and marathoning Motherland Fort Salem with me. I would rank this show out of 10. Nice. What about you? Why are you saying nice as if you haven't seen it before? Yeah, and you no, have nothing um, to add to this conversation. It's, I'd probably give it like a six and a half, seven, only because the warlocks in it, they're, as far as I can wear, all they're doing at the moment is just making things. That's it. They just make things. They make weapons. That's it. I, I thought there would have been some kind of combat prowess or something as well, and I'm like... You do realise that this is a feminist power show, so it's supposed to portray the women as the stronger sex? Yeah, yeah, but I just like balance, you know, battle it's not tactics. Su- it's not supposed to show balance or battle tactics. What's it's supposed to show? It's called Motherland for a reason. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's just my thought. Sexist pig. No. <laughs> you misogynist. Um, and we started watching... Discovery. Oh, do we want to talk? All right. So basically, the whole plot line. I'm not going to spoil it, but for Motherland Fort Salem is um, literally the U.S. Army is made up of witches, and they do some really kick-ass shit. But instead of like casting spells, they use different. What's the vocal levels? What's the different vocalizations um, to what we would consider casting spells? And so something. The enemy called the Flea are doing a lot of terrorist attacks, and so a ton of girls feel obligated to sign up. Um, and you can only sign up if you are... Because you're a witch, right? And to be a witch, you obviously have to be part of the big bloodline um, or a known bloodline, so you can't have a witch come out of nowhere, if that makes sense. And it's very, again, feminist, so the you keep your mother's maiden name if that makes sense um so that's how the they're not tribes but that's how the bloodlines are labeled and so on and so forth and there's a bit of animosity between girls of rival bloodlines and it's it's like everything on the cw that starts off really really good so i would definitely recommend it and yeah some of the plot lines you can pick out really easily I'm not going to give any spoilers as to what, but you'll figure it out when you watch it. Yeah. Um, but other stuff, there are twists and turns that even I didn't see coming, but it was pretty good. It yeah. was a solid, like, I think eight or so hours yeah. watching, so it was all right. And then, do you want to explain Discovery of Witches, non-spoilery? Ooh. Um, so basically, there's this anthropologist. Yes. Anthropologist. And she's at Oxford, and she's giving a guest lecture. And then um, she's told, oh, how close is your data to publication? She's like, real close. Um, And then so they were like, okay, we want to publish it. Because publications happen that quickly. Yeah. You know, you can find a collaborator that fast. Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, Maybe in anthropology, I can't speak to that. But in science, it's completely different. And then so she's obviously, she's from Yale. Is that correct? Or she, I can't remember if she's yeah. Yale or Harvard, yeah. but I'm pretty sure she's from Yale. And so she's doing stuff in London, and then you find out that she is a witch, and she knows that she's a witch, so you don't have to deal with the whole, I'm discovering that I am a witch. Um, but then she's in the library doing research for her paper, and she comes across this book, this tome, that people haven't been able to find for, they make it sound like years, but I think it's like a 100 and something years. 
Um, but she was able, like, she found it, she read it, and it transferred some knowledge to her. And so we're going on a trip in our favourite rocket ship, and there's a love interest and a ton of other stuff, and people who she thought were her friends aren't really her friends. And um, basically, if you like Outlander, it's a lot better than Outlander. Yeah. Flows better too. Yep. Alrighty, that's it. That's all I have for you. Um, obviously, I haven't finished it, so I can't give you a proper rating. I think we're up to episode five. Out of eight, ten? Uh, I think five. Yeah, eight at the moment. Yep. So, Alrighty. Uh, watch some more of that. And uh, obviously, you know, we were watching Rick and Morty, so... Which um, is shit. It's... I don't know. It's... It's not as... Stand out as the previous seasons. Yeah. Season three was tolerable. Season one was the... Season one and two were something else. Phenomenal. Season three I could deal with. This one I just it's, switch off. No, it's just stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. Yeah. But I guess I understand like they're churning it out because obviously everyone's in quarantine. But I don't understand the the decision behind, okay, we're going to take like two years to make a season. Yeah. To, oh, we're suddenly going to have... You know, half, the rest of the other half of the season ready to go in three weeks. Yeah, not good. So obviously, the only people who can pull that off, I think, is South Park. Yeah, because they have a whole fleet of people to get it. They just get it did. Yeah. The one so on... I appreciate it when they're trying to make it like current events. But the jokes are falling all flat. It's just not its usual self. But that's just my personal opinion on the matter. There's one more left, the season finale, and that comes out Friday? Yep. So, yeet. The one that I'm waiting on is Final Space. So Is that season three? Yes, season three. When's so, that coming out? I'm not sure. Oh, so yet. it hasn't even been announced? Has it been renewed? It's been renewed. There, I've been seeing um, posts of the like sketches and the Ooh. colour palettes and everything. So, yeah, looks really cool. Got you new feels. Yep. All right, anything else you want to add before weekly news? No, that's it. All right, so two, one... I don't want to say one really fucking terrible and one other terrible thing because they're two completely different things but just shit things that have been bothering us in the news and we obviously have... Even though we don't have that many listeners, we have a platform and everyone, regardless of who you are, should be talking about this. And this is the very fucking brutal murder because that's what it is of um big floyd i suppose yep which is terrible there's a seven minute video floating around that you can pretty much be anywhere that um everyone knows what it is there's a seven minute video it's heartbreaking brutal i couldn't make it through the whole thing and there's literally no good news to this because it technically shouldn't have happened no it's not even technically and like police aside you know um, yeah, it's just fucking despicable, to be honest. And this guy, he's fucked. Rightly so. Um, his wife filed for divorce. So she's, you know, I feel, so, if they have children, I feel so sorry for the children. Because yeah. that's going to follow them forever. Um, they've had cops camped outside of their house for days. He's an absolute fu- You can't get away with the, you shouldn't ha- this shouldn't be happening to start, but in today's day and age, you can't, this shit cannot stand anymore. And if 
someone's all it takes is someone to record something get a photo any footage any audio post that anywhere and you are doxxed so motherfucking hard and rightly so again it shouldn't have happened so there shouldn't have to be a rightly so but this guy's doxxed to absolute fucking filth yeah and the only reason why the police department did anything is because of the public outcry so first it was oh no nothing's happening and then it was oh um they were put on a leave of absence. And then when people went fucking off, they were like, oh, they're fired. Um, and he was charged yesterday, well, our version of yesterday for us. And this morning it's come out that um, she, the wife, is... I don't want to say her name because she has, you know, nothing to do with it. This shouldn't impact badly and poorly upon yeah. her. Um, so she's filed. And it's absolutely... But they're going, she, I mean... But if anyone's paying attention to it in Australia, I suppose compared to America, um, the racism card gets thrown all around a lot, but it's not as prevalent in Australia as it is in America. Like not over African no. ethnic people. No, it's, it's for other races yeah, in other Australia. Racism. Not to say that anyone who is of African descent is not welcome here. This place is for everyone. Not that I have the right to say that because again, I am white. Um, but it's mainly Asian uh, origin, I think, at the moment, heritage that's most disrespected in Australia. It's like, sorry, m- more what I was getting at was we don't get a lot of um, riots or looting or that sort of stuff no. on the scale of America. So that's more sort of what I was trying to get. Yeah, so sorry. in Dallas at the moment, I mean, they're burning down houses. Uh, they're doing that in businesses. Minnesota. They fucked up the target. Just... And a ton of other shit and there was footage of some dude which I showed you who's just walked out with, walked the Lego. Out with Lego and I'm uh, like okay I don't want to say priorities but good on you yeah good on you um, but it was a case of mass hysteria and obviously being in Australia it's it's harder to understand on sort of what's going on because we're not in America we're not American citizens it's American citizens in the sense of any country has their own, I suppose, domestic issues. Um, so seeing it, you don't you don't fully grasp what is going on and the underlying, I suppose, kindling that is just ready to ignite at any point. But obviously, you see the footage, and you know you see a police officer, you know, kneeling on a, you know, a man's throat. Um, so essentially, one. There's got to be something dumb about that. Two, the fact the guy has not listened to anything that this person on the ground has said based they, on colour. They were called out for a racist fucking attendant anyway. Yeah. He had, he had paid with check, I believe. And so the racist clerk was like, oh, this is a bad check, a fraudulent check. So the cops were called on the basis of it being a fraudulent uh, he was, you know, trying to steal. But yeah. it was a different... I can't. I don't know what the term is, but it was like on a fraud charge. They were yeah. there to investigate. And recently too, there's also... Hold on, let me just tell the story before you cut in. And so they've shown up, they've rocked up. They'd, so the reason why they were called is for a racist fucking undertone anyway. And so he's gotten out there and he has nothing on him to suggest that he's volatile. This fucking dog has literally killed him. And it's the most despicable thing. 
And they thought that they could get away with it. So, yeah, they're not getting away with this. So, um, but there's also a recent case where um, a returned serviceman uh, went to cash a check. And the teller, so obviously white teller, <laughs> African-American, or, you know, a black patron, literally went in with a check. Same thing. The teller said it was fraudulent. It was fake. And it wasn't. It was 100%, you know, legit. And it's just really sad seeing that because this is the kind of stuff that now comes from it and it's unacceptable I saw this tweet I'm looking for it now because I thought I screenshot it but obviously now that I need it I can't find it um, and it was basically saying it was on Twitter and this person was saying you know for a nation being Australia that was built on convicts we're doing pretty fucking okay we're not the ones with guns killing people no. we're not the ones having our cops no. Go after no. people and hunting down people of a specific race. I mean, also, too, look at our governing system. We run off a Westminster system, same as England. But looking in England... But the America has the same... America has democracy. They're allowed to vote. The only difference is that they have a dictator. Our dictator is the queen. Yeah. And there are several debris, degrees of separation between... But at the same time, if she made a call that affected us, we would still have to follow... Her call. In some ways, especially in war connotations, it's better to have her as an ally. Um, we're vastly protected being allied with the Queen and being under a constitution as opposed to America doing whatever the fuck America wants. America's not doing well. No. But in the sense too, our police, sure, they're, they're packing glocks. But, but what's that got to do with the Queen, Michael? In the Queen, in the sense that look at the right to bear arms in America. Everyone is packing heat. In But uh, in Australia, up until recently, or not recently, it was like, what, 98, 95? What did the Port Arthur shooting occur in? Uh, in Tasmania. I can't remember. It was in the 90s, though. Um, that's when there was the amnesty. Yeah, people had to start handing... You had to hand... You couldn't carry... Unless you live on a farm, unless everything is... And when I say... Isn't it like every bullet you buy has to be accounted for? Pretty much. And I mean, on farms, obviously, you need... It's for, for stock. culling yeah. livestock and pests and... And when we say culling livestock, we don't mean you have a shit day and you decide, oh, I'm going to knock off a hundred head of cattle. No. no. It's like, you know, occasionally needs need to cull one, one sick or something. But, um, or if you see like a snake or yeah. a fox. But um, yeah, like 1996, um, Martin Bryant went nuts with a semi-automatic assault rifle and yeah, killed 35 people. Look at um, Canada. They've done the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, Trudeau, is it Trudeau? Trudeau, yeah. Uh, he's, he's like, thoughts and prayers aren't enough to fix this. You're going to hand in all your bloody weapons. But at the same time, Australia has very high... Um, Knife-related incidents. If apparently, if you're if you go to a club, you have to hand in, like they ask you to check your pockets. Apparently, especially in Sydney, and they just collect hundreds of knives at yeah. night. It's crazy because they have to empty their pockets and shit. Yeah, it's part of like the lockout laws. Allegedly, I haven't been there, but that's what I hear. That's what I read. But um, yeah. So that's it. Um, there is a link to. Uh, the Justice for Big Floyd website. We're going to put it in our show notes. Please go ahead, check out the website, sign the petition. Um, every 24 hours, it looks like they're boosting 
um, the total, which is fucking fair enough, because so far over 2.5 million people have signed this petition. Um, you can sign it even if you're outside the US. You just have to leave the zip code area blank. Um, and it's a call to action to make sure the county attorney, Michael Freeman, must use his power to arrest and charge the police officers responsible for the murder of George Floyd. Um, apparently, they've... I didn't insert it into the notes, but they've been smashing the calls because if you're in the US, they also ask you to call. And the officers received over 800,000 calls relating to the people saying that they want these assholes to be charged. If you want to call, that is 612-324-4499. And, yeah, what do you do? It's absolutely trash that someone's life can be lost in such a way. I don't know. It's pretty sad. Um, and then there's another thing, and this one grinds my gears to fucking filth. Um, basically, this bitch is... I want to say she's old news, but I remember... I feel like I remember her a lot longer than what I, th- what I think. But there's this thing of the family vloggers, right? On YouTube and shit. And this can take many turns. And I know we've spoken about it before because... Um, what people don't understand is they think that they're taking lovely home videos that they share with their, in quotation marks, family yep. on the internet, aka their family being subscribers, right? What you don't realise is those that footage can be re-uploaded to very many nefarious websites. Yes. I understand having a family. I, You know what? Fucking record it. Vlog your family. But don't share it on the internet. No. Put all that footage aside. Save it on SD cards and save it, right? Um, But there's this family, uh, YouTubers Mika and James, is it Storfer, Stuffer? I don't know. They're stuffed, so whatever, regardless of the thing. Um, So these two people made a brand for themselves because they went and adopted a child from China and he has... I don't want to say he's disabled, but he has... Um, Autism. And apparently, allegedly, some other things. Yeah. They didn't disclose what, and rightly so, but um, basically, they adopted a young boy. Um, He became the face of their brand, their money-making. They picked up sponsors because of this. Their flights to go to China to pick him up was covered by their brand. Um, she would put sob stories about anything terrible that happened that today, making out with her child, and then be like, oh, he's a sponsor, for example, for Cuddly Fabric Softener. Yeah. Right? So it's absolutely fucking trash. And I found this thread because I couldn't remember everything, but this person, uh, um, Melissa Strout, her handle is Millie Renee on Twitter, and she plugged the main things that I'm going to talk about today. So, her first tweet is, YouTubers Mika and James Storfer raised money to adopt an autistic boy from China, made him their brand, and picked up major sponsors. A few years later, they secretly put him in the foster system, vacationed in Bali, and pretended that he didn't exist for months. It gets worse. So, there's this picture of them all looking fucking fake tanned and airbrushed fucking filth. And she posts on her Instagram, I love this big crazy family. Wouldn't change a thing about it. So it's their eldest son on the left. Then it's their... He's still their fucking son. Yeah. Right? Their son. um, His name's Huxley. 
then their two daughters, then her holding the baby, and she's fake tan to fucking filth, and her husband. And then is the picture that I'm talking about. She's got this casual wa uh, washing basket with the washing detergent lying in it. She's rubbing noses, making out with her son in her lap. This adoption hasn't been the easiest ride. We have had so many bumps along the way, but it's by far one of my favourite journeys I have ever embarked on. I love everything about this little boy, and I wouldn't trade him for anything. You wouldn't trade a human being? Of course you wouldn't fucking trade a human being. I'm sorry, slavery was abolished in the 1800s. Where the fuck have you been? What kind of language is that? wouldn't trade him in. Of course you wouldn't. You trade in a fucking car. You wouldn't even trade in a dog. No. Alright, this continues. And then Melissa goes, The Stoffers were understandably struggling to meet autistic Huxley's needs, but they were already looking for a new child, one with special needs that are easy, that most people wouldn't consider easy. They wanted to try again and reinforce their white saviour brand. And so there are some screenshots here where Mika Stoffer has posted on um, China adoption questions. Would love to hear some personal... Oh, and this is in... Um, what are these? May 24, 2018. August 8, 2018. January 20, 2019. And she says, Would love to hear some personal experiences of adopting out of birth order. Good and bad experiences, please. We are praying about an older child right now and really want to educate ourselves on all we need to know. Thank you. We're going back to our second adoption and wanted to see if anyone has written a blog post or has a good article on picking a child. Picking a child. I want this time to feel like it just happened versus searching for a child. Any good reads, please send them my way. We are praying about adopting again and my husband wanted me to ask what special needs would you consider minor or relatively easy to manage? Most people wouldn't consider easy. Our son, our son adopted from China is very delayed, but he's obsessed with food. I understand the reasoning. However, even if he just ate, even if he just ate, he always stares at everyone when they eat. You can't eat food without him watching you eat, even if he has food in front of him. Has anyone experienced this? Does it lessen with time and it drives my husband bonkers? You do realise that this child probably hasn't eaten the food that you're feeding him and he's watching you to see how you eat it so he knows how to eat it. And you know what? That's what children do. Yeah. They mimic you. They watch you. And obviously a special needs child is going to be doing things in a different way which most people perceive, so you have to work through it. You have to be understanding, you have to be open to a different approach. So obviously these Muppets weren't able to deal with a different approach. Obviously you look at it and go, okay, well, there's a brand. One, the brand is, you know. Based on this kid bringing in money and them posting without his consent anyone can like there's this other family of vloggers that i watch and they're from alaska and no disrespect to them i love their channel and they're like oh our kids give us permission to post what we post your child is under the age of 18 they're a minor they don't understand they can't possibly comprehend how that is gonna the people around the world are watching them that they don't know their bullshit is out on the world and even if they delete those videos, we're still going to remember what happened. And it's just sad because, obviously, if it was just, okay, the initial premise, okay, look from a different angle. They've adopted a child and it's a case of, okay, they are asking for help. 
to but try. also why you are asking on the internet. Exactly. Ask the specialist. Yeah. Say, for instance, if there was no money to be made, they didn't have any brands, they were, you know, who do I go to? No, no, you don't understand. She started social media because of this oh, child. No, but I'm um, sorry, other, other perspective had, say, this family, different, say, parallel. So you've got this family doing what they've done and the same family in a parallel universe doing the like the most they could for this child to help you know seek assistance and work through it not as in not doing what they've done a different thing and giving so i mean go on the internet share your story yeah do not post your son's name biological or otherwise yeah uh adopted otherwise don't post their pictures to say refer to them my son my eldest daughter my youngest son yeah. his age whatever this is what I'm dealing with. That's it. That's all you need to show. That's all you need to talk about. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, there's more. And we're about to get to the part that really fucking grinds my gears, all right? A lot of changes started happening. Huxley made their subscribers grow, and they picked up major brand deals with companies like Fabletics and Denon. With that money, they brought a luxury home and had another baby. Children with autism can struggle with change, so things got harder, right? I don't want you to look at it yet. I want you to react to me telling you what you're looking at. The Storfers duct-taped Huxley's hands to get him to stop sucking his thumb as a coping mechanism when he was between two and three. But here's a photo of their biological daughter at age seven sucking her thumb with no tape. They also recorded and his meltdowns and uploaded them to their YouTube channel. So if you go to um, her link, it's like, um, you know when you jar your thumb and you have to wrap your thumb? They've done that with duct tape. This poor baby's hands, his thumb and his wrist are duct tape. Who does that? That's. Can I just say... I have to use duct tape for my behavioural studies, not to duct tape the mice, but to duct tape the objects that I record their behaviour to the base of the arena because I want to make sure that they don't fall off and injure themselves, even though that ain't going to happen. Do you know the ethics I had to go behind, behind sourcing the tape, cleaning the tape through the animal house to be able to use that tape in all of my ethics? And this bitch is putting fucking industrial duct tape on this child's hands. You don't know what that's doing to his skin. You don't know what fucking... And she's like, oh, I'm all clean eating. Obviously, they're not vegan. I'm all clean, less chemicals. But what about the fucking industrial solvents that are in this glue that this child is going to chew? Yeah. That you can see there, he's like pulled the top off. Not pulled off, but he's bent the top because he's trying to get to his thumb. Yeah, but also too... But my white daughter, my genetically white daughter... Do whatever the fuck you want. We can afford braces. Don't worry about it. Something right there, looking and hearing that, you go... Why wasn't DHS called? Absolutely. These people should be charged. What the fuck is YouTube allowing that content of a child having a meltdown on the internet for? That child is being mistreated. Regardless of if it was him having a, a a breakdown over something that is normal and isn't, like, he can't 
deal with because of his medical condition, that's not something you need to monetize. No. Not at all. All right. So they say, in the, the tweet, the thread continues, instead of taking a break from YouTube to work through their issues, they put Huxley in foster care. They went on vacation and scrubbed their pages of comments asking about Huxley. They didn't address it until months later. They said their nonverbal son wanted to be rehomed. And so someone took a um, screenshot of what she posted under her video once when she update, uploaded it. And um, this was her announcement video. She says, we would never just give up on a child with... She didn't spell special, right? Uh, special needs. This is a personal matter to Hux. It had nothing to do with he just had autism. Who's the one with the learning disability, you basic bitch? I think the bleach has gone through your brain, but whatever. Multiple, we can't even spell multiple right. Scary things happened inside the home towards our other children. And if these events happened with one of my biological kids. Uh, with one of my biological kids. So if it was another adopted kid, who gives a fuck? But the yeah. fact it touched my actual, the child that came out of my uterus, that's another issue. After all the help and after the behaviours we witnessed, sadly we could not have another choice than to seek help and get their needs met. Huxley wanted this decision 100%. We saw that in family time with other people. He constantly chose them and signed and showed tons of emotion to show us and let us know he wanted this. Huxley never had a say in his adoption and he, and he won, needed more help and also wanted this and we knew that 100%. I'm sorry, her son could have written a better yeah. comment than that. And also, too, obviously, if he's being treated that way, when he sees any other family interaction from... Obviously, he's going to go where other people look happy and, like, treat, you know, obviously that... Kids are like puppies. He, he, he was not happy. He, they, they were mistreating him. Obviously, you can tell. You, like, I'm not going to deny... They used him as a marketing tool. That's bullshit. And then so she continues on saying, I was a fan of the store for years ago, but they have to consider their other kids. But shopping for children with disabilities because the first didn't conform to the aesthetic of a perfect family once you got that money. With so many fans looking up to them, it needs to be called out. I was... Um, and then so there's a link that we will also be including um, in the show notes. It's a change org um, petition. We did sign it. And it is called, uh, I think it's to remove all the content that she has of um, Huxley off YouTube. Eight, 83,572 people have signed. They want it to be uh, 150,000. And yeah. Also another thing. If they're talking about, so he's non-verbal, so he's signed. So them gaffer taping his hands he's limiting his ability, ability to, to language so he can't communicate properly no essentially it's like okay, what you don't want me to speak yeah wow fucking hell that's some bullshit um so the the um what do you call it Campaign bio says, Mika Stoffer and her husband adopted a boy with special names named Huxley from China and monetized the entire process through their YouTube channel. They were given funds from their viewers, which helped to pay for their trip to China and likely fees associated with the adoption. 
Mika and her husband have since rehomed the child because it was too much work for them. However, they had three children when adopting the boy and insisted on a boy from overseas with special needs. They got in over their heads and pulled an already traumatized boy from another country, made money off of him, and then gave him to someone else. It is clear that this boy was unfortunately treated like an accessory to their life. This adoption process is very thorough and these adults knew exactly what they were getting themselves into. They even admit that they had many professionals advise medical professionals advise advising them many medical professionals advising them this is unethical and extremely emotionally abusive we request that her videos featuring huxley in and any or content concerning huxley be immediately demonetized and removed from the platform this boy has suffered enough it should not be public and it should not supplement her income any longer um, and then they made an update eight hours ago saying we have sent an email to select management, the Storfer's representation agency. We detailed what we are petitioning for, the demonetization and or removal of videos featuring Huxley. We emphasize that we do not have, we do not condone hateful, rhetoric or harassment towards the family. This is purely to preserve as much of Huxley's privacy and to advocate um, for a clean break to mitigate any trauma he already incurred. Thank you for your continued support. It's all just a marketing ploy. It's all it is. Marketing. I don't know, dude. People are fucking sick. Like, I get saying, you know what, I want to adopt a child that has needs because I'm able to provide for them, I will care for them, and I'm happy to deal with come whatever what may, right? Yeah. And there's a difference between being like, I can make a bank off of this. Maybe they did start off with good intentions, and they got so wrapped up in the caching of it all. Yeah. But what do you do? She hasn't posted on her Instagram at all um, since this kind of happened. Apparently, you have to scroll, like, really far down her. Yeah, there are still pictures of him um, as, like, September last year. That's him there in the middle. Yeah, because they're still using him as a marketing tool. And the fact that people are getting discounts off the the products, um, it's there. Know. She is monetizing him again at Starbucks. Yeah. Um, my favorite Starbucks barista. So I think they're at home, and he's just got a Starbucks apron and a Starbucks cup. But the other thing too is obviously, and it's his Halloween costume. The sad thing is she's trying to hit the Chinese market too because oh look, I've adopted from China. The Chinese people will support me because I'm trying to do the right thing. Blah, 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 That's blah, their blah. Christmas card photo. Bullshit. They took at the end of November. Also, that Dreft um, laundry detergent that she's pushing from that company. Um, it's got four interesting chemicals that we know very, very well. Um, propylene... Who else is going to be stupid enough to promote it? <sighs> propylene glycol, ethyl alcohol, sodium hydroxide, and calcium formate. A, hello, uh, a uh, Thanksgiving picture with the whole family there. And extended family as well. Just bullshit. Oh, uh, monetizing him baking Christmas cookies with his siblings. So here's the thing. For instance, on YouTube, if you have anything pertaining to, I suppose, children at all, you can't monetize your channel. For instance, we've, we, we watch a few, you know, family-friendly YouTube channels. They can't monetize. They can't, oh, they can. Oh, sorry, they can monetize, but, but they, they can't. But they can't have comments. Can't have comments. 
So they say, oh, go to my Instagram and comment there. Yeah, or my Patreon, blah, 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 blah. Mm. So children should not be used as a tool to be making money. Do you want to see how quickly she came to this decision? In On the 23rd of January, she posted a picture of Huxley hugging her, right? And she goes, thank you so much for trusting me to be your mama. You're the bravest and sweetest boy I've ever met. And I'm so lucky to call you my son. All right. So in January, February, March, April, in four months from posting that, which got, I can't tell you how many likes, but got 6,036 comments. She went from that to, oh, there's another, like, I'm trying to figure out where he ended on her feed. Um, Every day has new struggles and new hardships, but there isn't anyone else I would rather experience this with, and it's the the whole extended family, right? Then it's her newborn, then it's her, then it's their barley holiday. Yeah. So somewhere between the 23rd of January and the 29th of January where she's in Bali, something happened. That's when she decided nine. And you know what it probably was? I hate to be brash. She probably realised it would be a lot harder to find someone to organise sitting their son because they weren't there and she's obviously a stay-at-home mummy. So his whole routine would have gone absolutely chopper. Yep. And that would happen to... It happens to the floofs. It happened to any human being. Yep. Any child. And she wasn't there. And I bet you he probably had a... Maybe he hit one of his siblings. And then she hit the roof. But see, here's the thing. Uh, kids play fight. Kids sort their shit out. It's what they do. Just because a special needs child hits another child makes them no different to... It's like... It's what kids do. She wanted a way out and she wanted to do it again, but she didn't want to have another child. You know what I mean? She probably realised. Yeah. So it's just, you know, stupid that um, all this shit's happening. So... It's unacceptable and one for what they've done purely as a marketing tool. Well, she's saying her, his new mummy, his new mummy is a trained medical professional, aka I think people found out she's a nurse. What? So someone who actually wants to look after a child? Ooh, shots fired. Shots fired. Shots fired. I don't know, dude. Sorry. It just pisses me people off. People who literally can't deal with some hard work you know in in the first place you can't just because okay so for instance if one of the children comes down with some kind of illness in time or what are they going to do palm that off to someone else too no of course not so yeah no they honestly for what they've done you should, YouTube should shut them down because they've literally just used the child to make money. I don't even know what a husband does. I don't even... Just. It's just despicable. It's past. It's beyond disturbing. So, you know... Oh, apparently they got their lawyer to release a statement. Oh. According to Cosmopolitan magazine yesterday. Um, and they said, we are privy to this case. And given the facts at hand, we feel this was the best decision for Huxley. 
in commenting about clients, we know they're loving family and are very caring parents that would do anything for their children. Since his adoption, they consulted with multiple professionals in the healthcare and educational areas, uh, arenas in order to provide Hux with the best possible treatment and care. Over time, the team of medical professionals advised our clients it might be best for Huxley to be placed with another family. When Huxley came home, there were a lot more special needs that we weren't aware of, that we were not told. For us, it's been really hard hearing from the medical professionals, a lot of their feedback, and things have been upsetting. We've never wanted to be in this position, and we've been trying to get his needs met and help him out as much as possible. We truly love him. And uh, just for interest, so far, 83,763 people have signed. Yeah. It's bullshit. I'd have to do some digging to figure out what her husband does. Yeah. Because if she stay at home, that means her husband's the worker. Yeah. Um, Just bullshit. To think that someone would actually go, oh, I'm going to adopt a child. Oh, it's not working. Let's make money. Oh, quick, get rid of him. Wow. Would they do that with their pets? Because, you know, apparently her net worth is 26 to 156K. Wow. Wow. I found this other person, but he's married to a... I don't know if they're the same one. No, I think that's a different person. What do you do? Yeah, that's a different guy. I don't know. It's just bullshit. Yeah. No, this is bullshit. What a freaking Muppet. Absolute freaking Muppet. It just... Apparently he's been fully self-employed. He was an engineer. They started the channel in 2014. They've got over 74 million views. Wow. Um, they purchased their large home, uh, which people have found doxxed um, in Columbus, Ohio, one year after getting him. Yeah, these people are sick. Really, really sick. He is the car cleaning dickhead. He's the car cleaning guy. Not the one I watched from Canada, the other one, Stoffer Garage. Oh, That's okay. him. Okay. You'll recognise his um thing. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, those are his thumbnails. There we go. Yeah, that is him. So I'm like, oh, I know. Yeah, that's the uh, Stoffer Garage. That is them. What do you do? You know what? You can have all the car soap you want. It's not going to clean your squeaky, you know, make your image squeaky clean anymore. No. All right. I guess we should get into today's topic. I'm so sorry it's taken so long. Um, today, we're going to be talking about our next fraud case. Yep, yep. Um, today, we're going to be discussing Anna Delve. Well, actually, her name's Anna Sorokin, but that's a different story. We're going to get there. Um, I actually found out about this case after watching the um, American ABC YouTube channel. Um, and for some reason, the person who got scammed 
cop so much flack because they had to justify why they wanted to share their story. Um, and they wrote a book which um, I will be getting a lot of this information from. Yep. But there are a lot of articles out there in the press, trust me. A lot of them published by Vanity Fair for reasons why it would come to light later on. Yeah. Um, and we're not here to victim blame and shame, uh, but this is definitely a story that more people need to be made aware of. And what people need to understand is, because we're going to read this and we're going to be like, oh, I wouldn't fall for that. But that's the point. The con artist chooses someone Who's and makes the ploy based on knowing yeah. that the person's going to fall for that play. Exactly. So just because I wouldn't fall for it, you wouldn't fall for it doesn't mean that someone out there will. Exactly. At the end of the day, fraud has, comes in many different shapes and flavours. Um, we'll be including, as always, the Crime Stoppers link down below yep. where you can report scams and so on and so forth, especially ones if you spot them online. Yep. Okie dokie. Um, so we're not here to be disrespectful, but whatever. All right. So imagine that you have been in the same social circles with an acquaintance. Yep, circles. Yes, uh, you and this other person, you end up building a really good friendship the over circles. time. Yep, you and your circle. Yep. Uh, it turns out that this person becomes your new best friend. Ooh, triangles. And uh, you live and you learn together and you have a lot of fun times and you find out that this person is a beneficiary of a multi-billion dollar trust fund. Ooh. So you slowly end up being showered with outings, adventures, gifts, and they fit the bill really, almost really all the time. So it's no surprise to you when your hairless best friend says, hey, I need to go overseas because i got to refresh my e-visa. Um, and I also figure that I can write it off as a business expense because we can film a documentary about me building my um, art precinct. Um, and, you know, we sign it off as a documentary. It'll be a business expense. Yep. Um, let's make a holiday out of it. And then you say, you know what? Sure thing. Uh, let's go somewhere warm. And then before you know it, you're boarding a plane and you're on your way to Marrakesh. And this adventure is just going to put you uh, over the threshold of uh, $52,780 US. Or um, if you're Australian like me, $80,790 bucks in debt. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of debt. We love debt. Debt is so good. Debt is great. Everyone loves debt. We are indebted to debt. How much debt would you like to indebt in your in-debt account? None. Preferably. None. Preferably credit. Credit is good. Debt, debit, debit. <laughs> debit is bad. See, like, if, you know, if my name was Debbie, I would be known as Debit Debbie. D-D. Debit Debbie. D-D for short. Debit Debbie. Debit Debbie. Debit Debbie. Yeah. I can go on like this the next day. Yeah. I was going to shut up and we could do part two and you could continue on going and talking about how you're Debit Debbie. Yeah, Debit Debbie, part two, Debit Debbie. So, let's rewind to February of 2016. Um, The person who we're following, her name is Rachel. It's her 28th birthday. Um, She's just recovered from a cold and she's catching up with some friends at a cocktail bar in New York. Uh, The group decide to go to a restaurant when a new member rocks up her name is Anna Delvey so Rachel had known her by her Instagram handle the Anna Delvey where her account at the time had 40,000 followers uh, she was a socialite she'd interned at Purple Magazine in Paris 
And over the dinner, she uh, told the group that she was hard at work in establishing her foundation, which was going to be a visual arts centre. Um, and they told she told them about her family trust. Yeah. Rachel described her as kooky and endearing. Um, there at the dinner, Anna offered to pay using an app on her phone, but the transaction didn't go through. So the group split the bill and nobody thinks anything of it. So months go by and Anna and Rachel start spending more time together and they strike up a friendship. And then in October of 2016, Vanity Fair, the company that Rachel works for, was holding a conference and tickets to go to this conference cost 6,000 American buckaroons. Anna asked Rachel to be put in touch with the person that was handling ticket sales. And so she knew about the cost being 6000 bucks per ticket, and she wasn't phased by the cost being 6000 bucks. But a few days beforehand, she said that she had to fly back to Germany because her mother's close friend had passed away and she needed, needed to travel back to Germany for the funeral. So she's a German heiress. Yep. She's from Germany. So Rachel didn't hear back from her for almost a year, right? So it's a very long time to be away from New York City. Oh, yeah. And then we jump to February of 2017. Um, Anna gets back into contact with Rachel and invites her over to dinner. And one thing you need to learn about Anna is that she likes to leave things to the last minute. So they were trying to go to this very exclusive restaurant. But because she left it too late to make a booking, they agreed to meet up in another place. And Anna, who had just splurged some cash at the Apple Store. Oh, don't we love splurging cash at the Apple Store? Actually, yes. Funny story about the Apple Store. I went to the Apple Store and I was, I went in casual. And people listening at the moment, when right, I your say, version of casual is lumberjack straight off the fucking farm. Literally, lumberjack. Straight off the fucking. Literally farm. walked in. Someone said, "Where did I park my tractor?" And that's no lie. That that's no lie. Happened. Dead set. And <laughs> I remember because obviously there was some fluff in my phone and it wasn't charging. In your port. Like a yeah. charger port because I had to buy Michael caps for his phone later on because yeah, the guy was like, I, they don't exist. And I was like, I'm pretty sure. And I get so much fluff in my phone. It's ridiculous. And plus at work, you've got to put all this weird shit in your pockets. So uh, it just I just got crap everywhere. So I literally walked in to get this thing done. And the other people sitting down at the tables and everything were just talking. And this one guy was talking near me to one of my mates saying like, you know, I probably don't know anything about tech. I look like, you know. I'm some backwater fucking hobo. <laughs> I love the word backwater. Yeah, backwater. But anyway. Backwater fucking hobo. Like, oh, yeah. It's like, for, for a split second, I almost, <laughs> I literally said to the guys, like, I was talking to the tech and it's like, I don't know about you, but do you hear banjo music? And just to real, but then. Really hammer it home. Really hammer it, hammer it home. And the guy opposite me, I don't think he had the, the, Forethought. The forethought to realise that I was literally just trolling him. And then when the tech question started coming out, the techie and I sort the of... The genius. The, gen- the tech genius. No, they're called geniuses. Yeah, the genius realised that I knew exactly... Or as my mother calls them, geeks. Geeks. So, yeah, my... <laughs> Love you, Mum. <laughs> my, my geek slash nerd game was strong. And then the other guy across me kind of just shut up and like stared at the table. But it was a case of, look, you know, I understand, you know, I'm good at pulling shit apart, putting it back together again. But this is an iPhone, and obviously, you know, it's... Yeah, I don't want to avoid a warranty. I just don't want you to avoid the warranty by putting yeah. it back yourself. So. My favourite thing... It's never happened to me at the Apple Store, but if I had other shit that I needed to get sorted tech 
wise my favorite thing to do is act like a ditzy person like a girl like they expect me to and be like oh i don't know what i'm doing oh i only got this a little while ago oh i don't know how to do this i don't know how to do that and that's the actual voice i use yeah and i only do it if they're like i don't do it to be disrespectful but if they treat me like i'm an idiot that's what i do and then they'll be like oh this this and i'll be like but that's incorrect so and so and this error came up and that and they'll be like what? And I'll be like, yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, they talk to you like stupid. Anyway. So, on the fraud thing, like, you could walk into that building and go, there are some people who would easily just get trolled by fraud. Like, they're just dumb. The one it's who wanted... Like... The lady who wanted to get a new phone. Can we just talk about... All right, so the other day, one of my, our baking dishes busted in the oven. It is oven-proof. It is microwave-proof. It yeah. is... Um, dishwasher safe it was in the oven for 180 degrees for less than 40 minutes and the thing split down the middle like three quarters split down the middle and so it, i wanted to just give you an idea people it split down the middle like my pants when i bend over to pick up a like a snickers bar anyway it wasn't dropped nothing like that and so i've gone okay we obviously have to get a replacement but we were in covid and so two the only two xbox controllers we had in the house had broken so we had to go go to the one shopping center in the mainland australia the other place that had it was hobart city and i don't know about you but i wasn't about to fly to hobart no. in the middle of covid um so we had to go to this one store and then i noticed that there was a house next door to the jb hi-fi and if you don't know what house is it's like a kitchen yeah store but they also sell decor shit this was a tiny one so it was just kitchen based and they happened to be doing a massive warehouse sale because of covid and having millions of dollars of stock floating around i did see the sale on the internet but after looking at the reviews people were saying that they were being scammed yeah so i said if there's a store we come across i'll go into the store and i'll have a look so there was a store there we went in, and I wasn't dressed to the nines, but I had my backpack on. What is that? It's the good brand. It's um, it's on my mum bought me. What is it? Crumpler? Yeah. Crumpler. Crumpler. Right. I had jeans. I had Crumpler. my Adidas sneakers. I had a Target jumper on, and she thought I was fucking money. She, I just came in to buy the one oven tray, and I couldn't see it because... Things weren't organized in a nice way. You think you'd have all your dishes together. You think you'd have all your cutlery together. You think you'd have all your serving boards together. No. And it was a tiny shoebox store. And where it was was on the floor, right? And then so I'm looking at you and we're discussing. I'm like, oh, do I want the smaller one? Or do I want the medium one? Do I want the larger one? And then we're like, all right, we'll go for the medium one. And then I was like, okay, do we want the blue stripe one? The cream stripe one? Like, you know, you yeah. can deal with it for another 60 years. You want it to look nice. And then, so I've gone, and I was looking at the price tag, because that's where the size descriptions were of the dishes. Yeah. Because I was trying to, because like I said, everything was all over the place, and I wanted to make sure I was getting the right size. I wasn't worried about the price, because I already knew what the price was before heading into that. It was $10, but that's a different story. So this bitch was like, everything's on sale, darling. Can I help you with any? And for 45 fucking, more than 45 seconds, like four minutes, she was standing over my shoulder, just staring. Not saying anything, just looking at me. Yeah. And I'm there, I want to get a box, because again, they were on the floor. 
Um, I want to get a box that wasn't damaged because then it's less likely for the dish inside to be damaged. I want to make sure it was the right size, so on and so forth. And again, I checked to make sure that it was oven proof, microwave proof, not that I'd ever put it in the microwave and we don't have a dishwasher. But yep. I was more empathetic about the oven aspect. And then I was like, and she kept, and I'm like, can you calm down? I bought an oven dish from you guys a few years ago. It's cracked down the middle. And she's like, it wasn't oven. And I'm like, do you think I'm stupid? You don't know you turn the dish over and it says oven proof on the bottom of it. Yeah, that was... Uh... Oh, you shouldn't have had it. It wasn't on a high heat. It was 180 degrees for less than 40 minutes before I heard it pop. And I, it, I switched it, it off. It was a I bang. pulled it and I threw everything out because you don't know what ceramic is in your food after that. And it was a big bang. And then she was like, oh, and oh, and I've gone, I bought it from you guys. I'm just trying to suss out. And then I was so quick to get out of there. But anyway, back to Anna. She's gone to the Apple store, bought two iPhones and a MacBook. Oh, That's here we some go. serious dough, isn't it? Yeah, that is some serious dough. Just some cash. Oof. Some serious cash. So she reasons that she has two iPhones, one for her international number, one for her domestic, a.k.a. American number. So on this occasion, and many others, Rachel kind of asked some pretty normal questions pertaining to Anna's family. You know, what are your family like? Do you have any brothers and sisters? What are your parents like? Do they miss you because you're here? And so um, all she ever really gets out of Anna is that her family treat each other like businesses, not relationships. That she's not close to her family. Um, her parents thought that she would be jealous of her much younger brother because there was some... She didn't specify the age difference, but she was significantly older than her brother. Yeah. And she said that her family's money came from her maternal grandfather and that her dad worked in solar energy. I need you to remember that, the solar energy okay. part, because it's pertinent to the story. Done. So one thing I really wanted to bring across is how much crap Rachel put up with to not annoy Anna. Um, one of the most extreme situations I can discuss to kind of describe this is that um, they were at some fancy French restaurant and uh, Rachel didn't have a chance to read the menu. And so she ordered something straight off. And it turns out that she's lactose intolerant. So she didn't know when the dish came to her that it was like smothered in cheese, right? Yeah. So instead of making things difficult for Anna, and saying, oh, can I just order something else? I'm so sorry. Not that you even have to apologize for that error. She decided that she was going to leave the plate of food there, come back and eat it, but was going to run to the pharmacy to get some lactose pills and come back and eat the meal instead of, you know, just ordering something else. Right. Right? That's what her brain reasoned to do because she didn't want to annoy Anna. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then um, another thing that I want to point out is that for a large amount of the time, Anna paid for all the bills, whether it be at restaurants, salons, bars. She generally, Anna generally fit the bill. Um, so Anna lived in hotels. Um, yes, it's quite expensive, but we'll get to that. And at one point, Rachel is there and she notices loads of Amazon orders. Look, I ain't going to judge. I have a package coming at least yep. once a week. <laughs> um, she had personal workout equipment and Net-A-Porter stuff. And Net-A-Porter is kind of like another online um, shopping thing. It's kind of like, you know how there's ASOS and stuff? Yeah. But Net-A-Porter is a bit more high-end. 
um, label from what I understand. So she had a lot of Netta Porter packages. Um, even though Anna's like, I live a very minimalist life and I hate unnecessary stuff. So a little while later, Anna decides, you know what? I'm going to start up with a personal trainer. And Rachel, I want you to join me. And don't worry about the 85 buck per session fee. I'm going to cover that. Um, when They were so close that even when Anna went to inspect places for her art precinct, she invited Rachel. And Rachel said that she felt really honoured to be invited, um, both for her company and for her council, because she knew it was such an important decision for Anna. So she was like really honoured that Anna thought so highly of her that she asked Rachel to go along when inspecting these buildings. Um, this is another important thing. Anna told Rachel that she didn't let possessions control her and that things like money could be lost in an instant. So some time goes on and Rachel finds that Ellen, Anna challenges her to be less uptight, less judgmental, to kind of cut loose and be able to have fun. Um, so Anna loved infrared saunas, which I didn't know existed, but there you go uber and white wine so much so that she entertained buying her own sauna cabin to the cool fee of a thousand dollars because it's fine where are you going to shove a one thousand dollar sauna cabin in a hotel room no clue absolutely no clue and she keeps telling rachel you work harder for your money than i ever have so i'm happy to pay i'll pay it's fine Now, things start to slip up. At dinners, Anna would call people peasants. Now, I want to make a clear distinction here because I know I do the same thing. But the thing is, I do it to people who are actually in my life literally all day, every day. For yeah. example, say that you're in the kitchen and you're making yourself a cup of tea. I'll say to you, excuse me, peasant, can you please provide me with a bottle of water yeah. upon Faust journey? Faust journey. and I'll Bring go, another for your lord. And right? then I will get the coconuts and I will merrily, you know, That sort doesn't of... happen, but okay. You give me the water bottle. Yeah. Right? But that's a joke. Yeah. That's not me offending you. That's not... Sherlock, that's a shopping bag. You do need to put your lips all over it. <laughs> it's like... But, Mum, it scratches this chip side of my chin that I couldn't get just before. Anyway, so I make these jokes... With people that I've known for years. With someone who's very present in my life. She would say this about a server. A waiter. A waitress. And be like, you know, oh, you're a peasant. Give me my plate of food, you peasant. To a waiter. Yeah. That's fucked. And so Rachel calls her out on it. um, And she's like, it's not offensive in Germany. Someone's got some pent up, you know, agent, raging aggression. Yeah. So little things like this continue, and Rachel says that she was largely oblivious. However, in hindsight, there were some very big yeah. red flags. So Anna continues to treat Rachel to things, floating the tab. Um, Rachel felt like she needed to gain Anna's approval or blessing for things. And she also says that, look, this could have unbalanced our relationship and Anna kind of would have figured out that I was submissive to her in some way. 
she ends up neglecting other relationships and friendships to be able to keep up with Anna. And when you're like, oh, how often are they meeting? We're talking about every night. Yeah. We're talking minimum three, four times a week. Yeah. We're talking, they're texting every minute of the day. Right? So she's very prominent in her life. Um, so things continue. And then one day Anna brings up this idea of going on a holiday. And she's like, you know, I... Because apparently you need to reset your visa. Um... So what you have to do is, like, you have to fly out of the U.S. for a certain amount of time and then you can come back and okay. you can, like, spend, what is it, 30, 60, 90 days. Or I don't know how it works on an American visa. Yeah. Again, I've never left East Australia. Um, so that's apparently what she needed to do. So they were like, I, she was like, I don't really want to go to Germany. Um, mm. You know, let's just go somewhere on, you know, on holiday. And then Rachel was fully planning on booking her own, like, paying for her own stuff. And she was like, let's go to Turks and Caicos or whatever the hell the second part of Turks is. And then she was like, oh, let's go to Marrakesh. I've always wanted to go there. And so Rachel was like, juices, let's go, you know? Yep. So she picks up a, she being Anna, decides on this five-star hotel that's charging 7500 bucks US a night in a private villa. Yeah. And that version of a private villa is like a very large suburban home in Australia. Jeez. Right? So we're talking about a three-bedroom place. Massive three-bedroom place. Like very... Very high-end. Overlooking, you know. We're talking massive, beautiful place. So Rachel, again, I want to emphasise, was expecting to pay for her own flights and her own expenses... But Anna maintained that she was going to cover everything. Yeah. So there were many hurdles before this trip because, like I said, she wanted to um, make a documentary because she wanted to show her life behind the scenes of setting up this art precinct. Yeah. Right? So what do you need to do when you want to record a documentary? Get people who can record. A film crew. She chooses to go the videographer route. Right? So she goes through two videographers... Um, the first girl that they had didn't work out because apparently Anna didn't like the fact that she was talking. So this girl was like, oh, two weeks ago, uh, two years ago, I was homeless and now I'm going to Marrakesh to film this, this videographer, right? It was like, two years ago, I was homeless and now my boss is, you know, taking me on an all-expenses paid trip to Marrakesh to record a movie. Things are looking up for me. Anna saw that and went off. They fired her. She fired her. Oh, and also she tried to say that um, she needed this videographer to... Um, she'd given her a deadline when she needed to get the, com- the camera and the lenses purchased so yeah. that Anna could cover it, and the girl didn't end up doing it, so that's another thing, so on and so forth. Um, Zen's, sorry you're live. I won't be watching right now. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I just got the notification there. So they end up settling on this other guy, Jesse, and he's friends with Rachel. Outside yeah. of work. Sorry, outside of her relationship with Anna. I think she knew him from work, right? So they had to change videographers, so they're settling on Jesse, right? Um, on top of that, Anna was asking Rachel what she would have to do to cover um, Jesse's fares and another friend, Casey. Yep. Who was there, I think, just 
I can't even remember what Casey was going there for. I don't think she was there as a personal assistant. I think she was just the friend that was also going. Like her timeline, like her timetable schedule also allowed her to go. Yeah. If that makes sense. So the four people going are Anna, Rachel, the videographer Jesse, and their friend Casey. Right. So Rachel said that because um, so Rachel Anna was also going to cover. Uh, Casey's flight and expenses. So I think fr- it wasn't explained in the book, but I'm fairly certain that Casey was there to act as a personal assistant, and that's how they're going to write off the purchase, yep. write off the expense for Casey. Right. So Ra- Anna goes to Rachel and says, "What do I have to cover? Like, what are they expecting me to pay on my business trip?" And Rachel says, "Well, they're there for you. It's your business expense. You have to cover everything: their flights, their accommodation, if it's board for food." You have to cover that. Yep. And so and I was like, oh, okay. All right. Obviously, I'm going to cover yours too because you're my friend. You're coming with me. And Rachel was like taken aback by that and she was very grateful. She was like, oh, my God, my friend's taking me as well. Like, she doesn't have to do that. I'm fully expecting to pay my own way. Yeah. But that's what she wants to do. So everyone goes on about their life. Rachel, you know, she's getting everything sorted, especially even at work before the trip because what she was going to do is she was going to go with Anna and the other two um, on this Marrakesh holiday and then she had to be in Paris for work because like I said she worked at Vanity Fair she was a photographer so she had sort of like slotted the holiday in just before she had to be and flying from Marrakesh to Paris is quite close because it's Morocco yeah right so that's how she penciled it in she was going straight to work after this trip. So she was lining everything up, getting everything sorted because she was going to be away from work for a little while. And then the day before the trip, you know how I said Anna leaves things to the last minute? She hadn't booked the flights. I don't know how hard it is to book international flights, but if it was me, I would be booking a holiday like six months in advance. Yeah, you need to prep that months in advance. Maybe because they're dealing with a different kind of money. Maybe. Like... If I was going on a holiday, I'd say, all right, let's go to Queensland. But so it'd be like, at least okay. plan an itinerary and work it all out. I think that they're on, like, my money will sort it out. Okay. I'll pay. You know, I think Anna's like, I'll pay to get it thing. But yeah. point being is, they're talking about this holiday. It's 24 hours beforehand and nothing's been booked. Yep. Right. Okay. So Rachel's like, you know what, I'm kind of used to... Anna being like this, leaving things to the last minute. But it's her trip. She's it's her, you know, movie. I'm not gonna step in the way. Um, it's her it's her rules. Yeah. She calls the shots. Um, so yeah, she wasn't stressed at all. So um Anna ended up contacting Rachel and saying, Look, I'm busy. Um, can you please sort it out for me? She gave her photos, so the front and back of her JP morgan debit card right and she gave her those photos like you know how if i was sending you a membership card for something yeah and you'd be like hey i don't have it on me um can you send me a photo so i can scan it let's just say it like that right yeah um that's what she did because she said oh look i'm in back-to-back meetings rachel can you please do this for me here's the photos of my card because when you're on the computer all you need is the three digits at the back and the code at the front and the person's name yeah right and you can do it um, so yeah, she sends her, she sends Anna, Rachel the photos and says, book economy flights. So Rachel books the flights um, and Anna wanted to do it one way, to leave it open so that way if they decided um, that they wanted to stay a little longer, they were free to do so 
um, and they could arrange if they wanted to leave earlier, they could do so to kind of leave it open. Yes. Because again, Rachel had to leave, but the rest had nowhere else to be. They were all there for Anna. Um, so straight away, she gets a call from J.P. Morgan saying that the co- that the card was denied for the four thousand dollar charge. Her J.P. Morgan debit card. Okay. And so um, Rachel's like, oh, "I'm sorry, it's not my card. Um, I'll talk to Anna, and I'll get back to you." And he says, "No worries." So um, she contacts Anna and says, "Look, um, I need you to authorize J.P. Morgan. You know, increase the limit." And Anna's like, "Oh, don't stress. Um, the hotel has pre-authorized the account." So, you know how, like, if we booked a hotel, they would either charge all the money as soon yep. as you booked it or part of the money to as, like, a... Um, not a bond, but you pay part of yeah, the money you before you... Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. So she's saying, oh, that's what it is. I'm looking at the account now. The hotel's just, you know... And J.P. Morgan has highlighted my account. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I need to raise my limits. And then Rachel says, you know what? If it's faster... Do you want me to cover the flights and then you can pay me back later? Yep. And Anna goes, um, yep, sure, no worries. I'll wire you the money. Then the day of, there's another hitch. Apparently, according to New York State law, after 30 days, a hotel has to evict you. Otherwise, you're deemed a resident, not a... Yeah. Like a hotel. What do you even call a hotel person? A visitor? A guest. A guest, yeah. So instead of being a guest, you're deemed a resident. Sorry, that's me switching on the lights because suddenly a cloud went in front of the sun. Um, So literal a couple of hours, a literal couple of hours before the flight, Anna still hasn't moved hotels. So she's still there. She's still there. And she was having so much bullshit and they're like, um, you know, you need to leave. We can't have you or your belongings stay here. We're not going to be in charge of holding. Because remember, she's got all of her workout equipment. She's got all of her stuff in her room. Yeah. And she's like, I'll pay a month in advance. I don't care. And they're like, I'm sorry. We can't store your things in that room. Yeah. It's part of the law. And then so what she does is she lines up the next hotel, gets everything over, buys the domain name for the hotel and then sends them threatening texts saying I own your domain I can do whatever I want with it and then she's like and Rachel's like you probably shouldn't do that because you're planning on going back there and she's like oh I'm not going to do anything with it I just like the idea that they think I will at any time Jeez. that's a sassy savage move yeah. but also kind of psychotic yeah extremely psychotic very psychotic alright and suddenly the sun's back. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a big deal to get to the airport. They all four originally got there. Jesse, the camera guy, has to check in his equipment, right? And he turns to Anna, who's obviously the one who has to fit the bill for his check-on luggage for his camera. Yeah. And guess what? She happened to check on her black clutch, which held all her cards. How convenient. How convenient. So... She turns to Rachel and says, hey, would you mind paying the $200 fee? And Rachel's like, yeah, don't worry. I'll, I'll, I got it. No, don't worry. You, I'll pay you back later. Yeah, no worries. No deal. So then they decide, um, let's get sushi. So they spend $120 on sushi. 
Rachel paid. Oh, let's get lunch, $80. Rachel paid. So they finally land in Morocco, and I don't know, you've been, again, on international flights, but apparently there's this thing called customs. Yes. So what Anna did was, she bolted for the line. Left her group that are there for her, her videographer, her uh, Casey, who I think is there as an assistant, and Rachel, and she went to the front of the line. Acted like she wasn't part of the group. Okay. And, um... Slips to the front and she's like, Oh, the way she smiled at them, like, Oh, I forgot you guys were here with me. This is really weird. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, so she conveniently forgets that her videographer, her best friend, and her other friend who's acting as her assistant are right there. Um, and so Rachel's like, I was used to this behavior, but I figured because we're in an international place, like in a foreign country, that she would be a little less difficult you know I expected more from her in a foreign place so they get to the hotel and obviously when you're spending that much money you need a tour of the place so they do oh it's little lady Valkus oh she's getting some cuddles so adorbs she's all huffy puffy she's been running around I think so I guess Basticat she's done a line of fluff probably been sitting in the window sleeping so the next day they travel to the middle atlas mountains which is apparently a beautiful place and some of the most expensive rugs in the world hand pulled rugs the rugs that sell for literally fifty sixty thousand dollars plus the ones that would fill a whole room yeah they are made there wow right to put it into perspective for you Years ago, literally over 15, no, 13, how old was I? 13 years ago, my parents knew that I was interested in medicine. So the guy, you know, the German preserver um, of body parts, yeah, yeah, yeah. the guy who does the fixation, yeah. his show was in Melbourne and he was at the Melbourne showgrounds. Yeah. So my parents took me to go have uh, a so look. Like Hagen or yeah, yeah, that dude. All of his pots and the sections that were on tour. Yeah. The tour was stoppers in Melbourne. Yeah. So my parents were like, oh shit, Steph's really interested in science, medicine. They yep. thought I was gonna get, it. Well, I did get into medicine, just became a medical researcher, but that's a different story. Yeah. Um, so they were like, oh yeah, let's go. That weekend, there was a rug exhibition. There was one of those rugs, Michael, it was like the size of this full room. They wanted $60,000 for the rug. There was red velvet rope around the rug. Everywhere, A4 paper to A4 paper to A4 paper was printed in bold, massive capital letters, do not touch. Wow. Right? And people were looking at it and were signing off to, a family was there signing off to buy that rug. So to put it into perspective, these are some of the most plush, beautiful rugs. Yeah. In the world. I'm not talking shit. You can Google this. Yeah, yeah. Right? I never touched it, but I saw it. Yeah. Okay. So these rugs are something else. Um, so Anna, like, they're there because it's... So they're allowed to touch because they're at the stalls. And yeah. she and Rachel, like, touch... Anna and Rachel, like, touching the plush of the rug. Yeah. And it's something else again. And so... They're so taken by this rug that Anna's like, I'll buy it for you. And I'm just like, no, 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 thank you, but it's okay. Like, I can't justify that. So she declines Anna. 
And then Anna went to buy herself some dresses and some mint tea, all of which you can see on her Instagram right now. And um, you guessed it, her card declines. Wow. So she turns to Rachel and asks her to cover the $1,339.24 US buck bill. And of course she does. So she covers dinner that night. um, And then Casey starts to feel unwell. So the group head back to the hotel. Then they get to the hotel and they're obviously making their way back to their villa. And a hotel employee, um, who's never to be seen again, literally, rushes up to Anna and pulls her aside and says, um, and when asked about it later, Rachel said that, sorry, Anna said that she needed to call her bank because the uh, limits still hadn't been approved. JP Morgan still hadn't boosted her spending limit, right? Because of the pre-authorization. Yeah. And she played it down. I was like, don't stress. So the next day, she's wearing some of the stuff that Rachel bought her um, on her way to get some Instagram shots that Jessie took, which you can still see right now on her Instagram. And Anna gets stopped again. And um, she says, look, I need to call my bank. Calm down. It's all going to get sorted. You know, Relax. It's okay. I'm here to have it a holiday. Just let me enjoy it, okay? Yeah. Peasants. Peasants. Trying to charge me for the money I owe them on sales? How dare you? I'm a fucking German heiress. Don't you understand? Giving me a bill? No, no, no. Pass it to my peasant servant over there. They'll deal with it. Yeah. I was really expecting you to get into that. You're just rubbing your teeth. You're just ready. You want to know where this goes. Yeah, yeah. Is that what this is? Okay. I've never seen you so excited. Yeah. You're here sipping tea. You're already two pots down and you've got... This is, this is some major fraud going down. All I'm, right. I'm just waiting so... for this to... Like, I'm just waiting for the penny to drop, literally. So the next day, Rachel heads off to breakfast and gets stopped by a manager. And he asks for Anna. And um, she's like, oh, I'm sorry. She's still up in the villa. And he's like, it's very important. I speak with her. And she's like, okay. Right. So somehow Anna gets out of the villa without the managers. Or the managers again say, we need to sort this out. And she's like, I will call my bank. And leaves. Just walks out, right? And leaves and standing there. So they spend the day at Richard uh, Branson's hotel that is in Morocco. Um... And they had lunch there and they looked around the gardens. Rachel had to pay again $236.24 to fit the bill. So they go back to the hotel, right, after spending their day trip. And they get pulled aside by two managers this time. And Anna um, pulls out her phone and makes a phone call, right? And she's very like, oh, I can't believe you're making me do this, right? So the camera guy, Jesse, and Anna are standing there because Casey's still in the apartment because she was feeling unwell from a couple nights beforehand, right? She must have eaten something or she caught some sort of bug. So she's been in the hotel room. So it's yeah. just been the three of them. So Rachel and the camera guy like just standing there watching everything unfold. And Jeff- Jesse's like, oh, I'll go and see if I can help out. And so they go back to the room after this whole thing goes down. The two managers wouldn't leave Ray Anna's side and went up to their villa with them. Jesse pulls Rachel aside and says, you know that desk clerk that I said was pertinent to the story? He got fired because payment hadn't been made yet. Oh. 
So someone had already been fired. Someone's livelihood was fucked. Yeah. Because of this banking issue. Yeah. And she's acting like it's a big, you know, they're being so disrespectful. Continually hounding her while she's on holiday. Yeah. To sort out a problem that it's the bank's fault. Right? So, um, basically... Anna gets off the phone call and she puts her phone down and she's sitting on the chair that she acts like she owns the house and the two managers are there standing and Rachel's like, would you like to take a seat? And they ignore her. And no, says the other one. And Anna's there just looking at her phone, looking at them, looking at her phone, looking at them, looking at her phone, looking at them. And Rachel's like, well, there's nothing I can do. I'm just going to go to bed. So she did. Again, if this was me, Alarm bells would be ringing big time in oh, my head, like Big Ben kind of alarm. I bells. would have packed my bag and camped out for the next available flight. Yeah, but again, that's me. I'm yeah. not invested in Anna. I'm not invested in the situation. I wasn't there. But me, retrospectively, this is beyond. Like the red flags are already there. It's almost like you kind of go decline 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 pay for me pay for me pay for me decline 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 pay for me pay for me pay for me hang on a second if someone's living out at a hotel anyway so the next morning the hotel staff they're off to do their their daily activities right they go down and they're in the lobby and the hotel say look we need to have a card on file that works yep so what do you think Anna does asks Rachel yeah and she's like Oh, can we put yours down? Obviously, the charge will go away once I sort it out. Once the bank, you know, fixes up my account. Yeah. And so Rachel's like deer in the headlights. Um, the hotel staff are putting pressure, and understandably so, because they're there to do a service, and a customer isn't paying. Like that's red flags, right? They've been in on staying in the hotel for how many days, and they haven't been able to charge. So, Anna's like, uh, Rachel's like, okay, here's my personal Amex card. Yeah. Right? And she has to sign a... Oh, sorry. The hotel says, we need to have a card on file. Right? And Anna's like, I'm calling my bank. So, I jumped ahead of myself. Yeah. So, they go back to the hotel room and Casey is too sick to even get out of bed. So, she texts Rachel from next door. And says, look, I'm sick. I need to go home. Yeah. And so Rachel's like, don't worry about it. I'll organise your flight. I'll organise a car to pick you up here at the hotel and take you to the airport. Yeah. And understandably to the hotel staff, this looks like they're ready to fucking flee. Yeah. Right? They're ready to bolt. And so they keep getting calls because the car isn't showing up. And Rachel's like, one member is sick. She's travelling back home. We're still here. Anna is still here to settle her bill. Yeah. Um, and then so, yeah, two managers come back up again and they're like, this hasn't been resolved. Anna's like, hand over your card. So Rachel gives over her card. And Anna and the two managers say, look, it's just a temporary hold. The final bill will still be settled by Anna later. Then they ask her to sign a piece of paper which had the date, the time, some coding, like their banking coding, um, and the price, which was 30,000 MAD. 
and the word pre-autorisation, which is pre-authorization in French. Yeah. Again, that would be alarming to me because pre-authorization suggests that you're going to be settled with the whole bill yeah. and you're pre-authorizing the initial charge. Yeah. But again, literally, <laughs> if I did any of these things, literally, I pay for Podbean the third year in a row and Commonwealth Bank called me and were like, hi, Steph, sorry to bother you. I know it's Sunday morning, literally. Um, however, we've detected some fraudulent activity. Um, you can go to our your nearest bank and you can pick up some cards, temporary cards, or some withdraw some cash right now. Yep. You just need to take your driver's... I don't have a driver's license. But just bring your driver's license, your birth certificate, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. I think his name was David or Dave. And I'm like, it's okay. I swear to you, it's me. Um, this is And he's like, this is the third time I'm paying for this service. Thank you so much. Yeah. Right? My bank would call calls me over something so simple. Netflix tries to fuck around with my account. And my bank is like... You're only allowed to take out of our client's account once a month. What are you doing? Yeah. Let alone my bank allowing some hotel in Morocco to pre-authorize $10,000. Could you imagine? Could you... I would cheat my... Again, I wouldn't be in this situation. But what do you do? Yeah. Okay. We're not here to victim shame or blame. We're just here to cover the story. So Rachel's so stressed, so she just puts her initials down oh. on the form. Oh, jeez. She knows French, but it evaded her because of the pressure that was happening in the room. She's under duress signing this, right? Yeah. So um, the three of them decide to visit Villa Oasis. This is a very hard place to get into. It's very exclusive. It's the private home of Pierre Be- uh, Beige and um, Yves Saint Laurent. Um, so from what I understand, it's close to the public. It can only be seen by special request and you have to provide an oblig- <laughs> obligatory uh, $1,600 US dollar donation to a charity of their choice. Jeez. So they haven't settled the tab yet, the donation, but they're there. They wander through the property, they have a bite to eat, and then um, on their way out they have to go settle the donation. So staff say, how would you like to settle it? And Anna says... I thought the hotel took care of that. Okay. Um, you know, I understand that it would be built to our reservation at uh, Mama Manua. And Anna and the camera guy both turn to Rachel, and so Rachel has to fit this 1,600 donation too. Great. So, as Rachel's like, oh, okay, whatever. So she goes through her purse... And realises that she only has her debit card because she forgot she handed her other card over to the hotel. Yeah. For the account, right? Because they need to have a card on file. Yeah. They didn't give it back to him. Poor thing forgot. So she knows that that card, that debit card, is attached to an account that only has $410.03. And so obviously that's... Overdraft. Yeah. So that's associated with another charge, right? And I'm pretty sure there's an overdraft percentage fee for yeah. how $10 increments oh, you go over. At least yeah. that's what I know. I don't have a credit card, thankfully. So I'm just spitballing shit, but you can correct me in the comments, right? I don't know. So this cashier's there swiping her card and it keeps getting denied. And then Rachel's like, oh shit, I didn't tell my bank that I was coming here. Yeah. 
to Marrakesh, so that's why they're denying yep. the transaction. And then so she's like, look, I'm sorry, I have to go back to the hotel. I have to find another form of payment. Like, I have to find my other card because she thinks she's left it in the villa. Or it's missing or some shit. So she gets back to the hotel. She ransacks the place looking for a credit card but can't find it. In desperation, um, she has her American Express corporate card on her. Because remember how I told you she has to go to Paris straight after this yeah. trip for work. So she has that corporate card. Um, and then she she knows that like she puts her corporate card in her bag. She runs to the desk and she's like, have you seen my credit card? I'm like, oh yeah, we have it on file. And she's like, can I please have it back? Because I need to go to... Villa Oasis to settle the tab there. And he's like, no. I need to have a card on file. And then she's like, but please, like, I have no other way of settling. And he's like, I'm sorry. And it has to stay here. Yeah. So she did what she thought was smart and she hands over her Amex corporate card. Yeah. Attached to Vanity Fair and says, you may hold this but you may not charge it until I get back. Yeah. You may hold it. That is all. And he's like, snatches it. And he's like, yep. And he gives her a card. She goes back to the donation bar at Villa Oasis. And she scans a card and it's tonight. And then the attendant is like, so what do you propose we do now? And she's like, I need to make an international phone call. So she calls Amex and she um, <laughs> yeah, she has to, you know, do some stuff and she calls them and she's like, um, you know, my card isn't working. And they're like, um, yeah, that's because uh, we just charged $30,865.79. US bucks on that card. You're over your spending limit. You're horrified right now. Wow. Right? And her heart drops. And then she's talking to the guy through American Express on the phone. And he can tell how stressed she is. And he's like, tell me how much you need to get out of Morocco safely. Yeah. And so he boosts her spending limit. So she pays for the donation. And in her head, she's like, look, that block, that pre-authorization block isn't going to stay on my... Like, to put it into perspective, 30,000 US bucks may seem like a lot in America, but if you convert that to Australian bucks, that's essentially half a mortgage, like half a down payment on a house. Yeah, that would be... Well, Hold on, let me just convert the Australian... it's, the, it's the one value that I didn't convert this yeah. whole time through. So the Australian because... dollar is about, what, 64 to US? So it's about, what... That's literally half a down... If it's a smaller house, that's your down payment. To give you an idea, you could go and buy a VE Commodore for that. Uh, You could get a lot more than a VE Commodore. Like an SS. You could get a $400,000 house mortgage approved with that money. On the spot, yeah. Your bank could be like, here you go, no worries. For some people, that's more than a yearly wage. That is... A PhD person's whole salary for the three and a half year scholarship. Yeah. And that their student is expected to live on. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. So she, in her head, is like, you know what? 
um, and it's going to sort it out. The block won't stay there forever. It's a lot of money, but it's going to get sorted. Yeah. Anna didn't give two fucking shits. No, of course And she's not. like, you know what? It's fine. So again, if it was me, my bags would have already been packed. I am not telling anyone. Just I'm getting pack. my card and I'm saying you've charged me pre-authorization done. I'll be calling the embassy. I would call American Express and I'd say cancel that card right now. Yeah. You know, it was stolen. I would have had my bag. I would have. I wouldn't have even said anything. I said, oh, I'm just going down to the villa. Oh, no, 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 I just want to go by myself. You know, just see the city by myself. I like doing that. Would have not told anyone. Yeah. Packed gone. a day bag. Gone. With my immediate stuff, left the rest of my shit and fucking fled. Yep. Gone. That's what a. I'm not trying to say that's what a smart person would do. But that's what I would do outside. Or what you would even do is go to the embassy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and you go to the embassy because obviously. Um, say, for instance... You're seeking sanctuary. Seeking asylum. Yeah, seeking asylum. asylum, asylum technically. Because, for instance, if you're in Morocco, say you're an American, or say you're French... They can't cross the land. It's cross, American land. So, American land. But also, at the Australian embassy, if you're an Australian citizen, you walk into the Australian embassy, you, you can go in. You can... Yeah. Can you just no, have to show your... Passport. Yeah. Nobody else can go in. So, essentially, you are safe. They can't cross. Like, for instance, if it's the U.S. embassy, you're, in, say, like an American citizen, and someone else is, say, like chasing you, you go into the uh, American and embassy, and you essentially have... Well, that's what Julian Assange did, didn't he? He yeah. stayed in an embassy until... Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. She didn't do that. She probably didn't think to do that. And no. even if she did, she probably thought... She believed that she was... He was all going to get... Yeah. You know? She thinks at this stage that Anna's still going to come through. Yeah. Right? So... She decides to make an Excel sheet and she tabulates all the expenses that um, Anna needs to pay her back for, starting from the flights, the restaurant charges, the donation, um, yeah. the pre-authorization block. The hotel is saying it'll get removed and they'll credit her back once Anna pays, right? So she sends that attachment through to Anna and her total charge, because remember the ten thousand, the thirty thousand pre-authorization block is going to be accredited back to her account by the hotel when Anna settles the bill. Yeah. Right. So she's not worried about that. So the total charge with just the flights, the food, and the shopping was nine thousand four hundred twenty-four dollars and fifty-two cents. Anna says, "No worries. I'm going to wire you ten thousand dollars the next business day." So while she's there, Rachel also books her flight out of Morocco um, to get her to the work trip. She thanks Anna for the trip and fully expects to be reimbursed the next business day, which was a Monday. So she makes it to Paris for work. She switches back on her phone because obviously when you're flying, they tell you to switch your phones off. And then she finds out that uh, Anna and Jessie decided to extend their stay. Well, Anna decided to extend her stay. Therefore, Jessie had to extend his stay for a few more days. Um, and they decided to go to Richard Branson's hotel and stay there instead of La Monoua. Yeah. And it says, look, I'm catching up on emails. Um, I will forward you the confirmation of the wire ASAP. Um, and then um, she also told Rachel that the manager had stopped by the hotel that they were staying at and said that, to say thank you, and said that, Anna, Anna had, right, sorry, the hotel manager had gone to the hotel room yeah. and wanted Anna to pass on the message to Rachel, thank you for the payment. Okay. 
this is getting worse. So then Anna says to Rachel, would you rather have the whole total wide to your Chase account and you can decide what to take off your Amex, that way you can email them with instructions? Yep. And then she texts Anna back and says, yeah, I guess. Yep. And then proceeds a very, very long time of issues. Mm. Um, so it gets to the point where Anna has to get Rachel to talk to her. Um, so Anna has an accountant yep. back home in Germany who's in you know, in charge of her trust. Yep. Her name is Bettina Wagner. And so Anna's like, no worries, I'm going to put you on t- in touch with my accountant, Bettina. Bettina's going to, between the two of you, you're going to organise all this, right? Yep. And she'll tell you when, she'll give you the wire confirmation code um, and so on and so forth. She'll be your port of call. Yep. In my head, I would be kind of concerned because if Anna's paying for everything, all of a sudden, why does she now need... Um, her accountant yep. so some other person being involved in this conversation yeah but again you're just desperate for your money so um, it turns out that the whole hotel stays billed to Rachel yeah so days go past no confirmation code comes through. Uh, no wire transfer number. So Rachel continues to reach out to both Anna and Bettina, and largely Anna is also responding to Bettina, saying like, you know, there's money in the account. This needs to go through. Um, still, no money comes through. And then she hears from Casey, the other friend who was there in the holiday, yeah. and. Um, Anna had told her that she had gone to London, right? So Anna had told Rachel that she had gone to London. Yep. Then she's from Casey, and Casey says, no, 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 Anna's still stuck in Casablanca. That um, she, you know, staff at the Four Seasons in Casablanca had escorted her out after four nights, and she still hadn't paid, and so they were, like, you know, threatened to call the police. Because she was holding there without payment. Wow. And so, um, I'm going to read some screenshots of them texting Anna and Rachel texting back and forth about this money. Yeah. And so Rachel goes, I don't know if the whole bill will go through. Um, thank you for the trip. I'm just hoping we can get the wire, etc. sorted today because I'm nervous about my cards not working for the weekend. Sorry to be a bother. Um, and then Rachel said, look, it seemed like a foregone conclusion that the entire hotel bill would be on my credit card. We were both already gone from the hotel, but I trusted Anna to reimburse me as she'd promised because what else can I do? And then Anna comes back and says, um, I'll wire you 70,000 US dollars. That way everything's covered. And Rachel's like, shit, that's more money than I make in a year. Yeah. Um, and she says, thank you so much, Anna. 
Um, minutes later, Anna had sent an email to Bettina and said, following up on my last email, can you please send me the total bill and the summary for all charges that have been put on Rachel's card? Appreciate your assistance. Rachel was nice enough to provide you with her card, but it's my responsibility to make sure all parties are covered. Looking forward to receiving it before end of day today. Thanks, AD, being Anna yep. um, Delve. And then over the course of the day, days, Anna kept in touch via text message. Um, and then that evening, she sent an, uh, an update via um, email and said, look, um, I've initiated everything for the wire transfer today. We'll forward you the FedRef, which is the federal reference number used for tracking wire um, transfers. As yep. soon as they email it to me, hope you're having fun because she's on her work trip in Paris. Yeah. So I think we can tell, long story short, that this money would never come. No. But poor Rachel at this point in time didn't know that. So she's from Jesse who says, look, I'm stuck in Casablanca. Anna didn't confirm my return ticket. Um, apparently, Anna had decided that she was going to stay in Casablanca a few nights. And so she had told her assistants to cancel her flight. But they accidentally cancelled Jesse's as well. Right. So, um, you know, he had to buy his own ticket, but it was too late to board, so he misses his flight. So he's, he ends up spending the night in the hotel, and Rachel is prompted to check her balance, and she logs into American Express, and the hotel charges are still on her account. She, um, you know, logs into her corporate card account, her work card, the balance is still there for sixteen thousand seven hundred and seventy bucks because they charged you guessed it. Yep. Her work account. Yep. When they were told not to. Yep. Um. So nothing comes through. She didn't want to spook Rachel. Uh, so she didn't want to spook Anna. So she turned. You know, was really played down how stressed she was. But at the same time, she gets back from her work trip, and she has rent to pay. Like the girl's got her own bills. Yeah. You can't. Like, her account's already in overdraft. Yeah. She won't be able to pay the minimum repayment fees. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, she gets more and more desperate. Um, So she's telling her, I think it was her aunt or a friend at work, and she's saying, you know, um, this person said to Rachel, do you think she's a con artist? Absolutely. And... I mean, this is screaming wire fraud big time. And she's like, no, not a chance. She's a mess, but she's probably just distracted. So it's not really... So Rachel doesn't see that in her. (sighs) So weeks go by. There's fake numbers. Yep. Rachel had to go to the bank and said, oh, he's sick. It didn't work. The code wasn't legitimate. Yep. It didn't exist. So, um, to get home, Anna had tried to get Casey to buy her flights out. And Casey's like, do I do it? And you know what Rachel says? Yeah, do it. Rachel will pay you back. So, poor Casey bought flights too for Anna to come home. So, two weeks later, there's still no transfer. Um, the economy flight wasn't good enough because the Queen Anna had to have a um, business class Great. flight home. 
to the tune of 2500 bucks to New York. Um, so, yeah, Anna gets back and Rachel thinks, okay, now that she's going to be close to, you know, her bank in New York and yeah. we're both going to be in the same city, so it certainly has to be easier to get this sorted out, right? Because everyone's in close proximity to the banks. No, 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 fuck no. Nothing changes. Um, so, yeah, she has to pay her rent and then Anna magically has 5K that she transfers her via PayPal. Oh. Right, to cover that. So, it's mid-June. Still nothing. Rachel tells her boyfriend, look, house, kids, I can't... I'm never going to... You know, I, you know the meme, I'm never going to financially recover from this. It's not a meme for her. Yeah. This is her life. She thinks it's over. Yeah. She's never... She's going she's gonna to spend the rest of her life working off this debt. Yeah. Um, so the next day she's like, you know what, I'm going to take this situation into my own hands and I'm just going to have to, um, deal with it. And so she shadows Anna the whole day from 8am to 11pm in hopes that they would go to the bank. She shadows her in business meetings, everything. And it never happens. So she knocks, she, that morning at 8 o'clock, she's outside Anna's hotel door and is sleeping, living her best life. Like Rachel's torn to shreds about this her, she thinks she believes her whole life is over she can't sleep she can't eat she's a shell of a former self and Anna's just in there sleeping in the hotel room right and then so she gets into this bitch's room and she's like you know we're going to the bank today and Anna's like yeah I've got stuff to do today but we can go later so she tags around and at the end of the night 11 p.m she's like she says to Rachel because she's a bitch Oh, I hope you enjoyed yourself at least. Fuck. And Rachel's like, I will meet you 8am tomorrow morning. Yep. And I was like, yeah, okay, fine. The next day she rocks up to her part, her hotel room. Knocks, no one's there. She calls, Anna doesn't answer. She calls again and I was like, I'm in a meeting. And then Rachel's like, but I told you I was coming here this morning. She's like... I have places to be, things to do. I'll sort it out when I can. So, apparently because she works for Vanity Fair and their large parent company, they allow their employees to access free legal advice. So she, um, you know, contacts the free legal advice through work. And they say, you know what, do some homework on this girl. See what you can find out about her. So everyone that was at that dinner, when they first met, she contacts all of them. And some people say, um, like, this one guy, his name's Tommy. And he said that Anna um, had told him that she gets 30000 a year. Sorry, 30000 bucks a month at the start of every month. Per her, like, that's how much her trust pays her out. Yeah. 30k every month at the start of the month. Um, and that her daddy's a Russian oil billionaire. So not only is this screaming wire fraud, extortion, what else? Um, Remember when I said it's put into the story that her dad's a German solar yeah. energy man? Yeah. She told Tommy, my dad's a Russian oil billionaire. There you go. It's all fake. She's a scammer. Um, 
he said that in September, so in a month or so, she was going to receive her full inheritance. Um, and then Tommy was like, well, she did owe me some money, but then she wouldn't pay me. Like, she had issues paying me back. And then I threatened to contact her dad. And she gave me the money back. So, armed with this information, Rachel's like, you know, I am going to tell Anna that I'm considering legal action. And then when Anna hears of this, she's like, you know, I'm promising to pay you back. Um, then it's the weekend of July 4. And then Anna's like, oh, it's July 4th, right? Which is one of the biggest American holidays on the planet. It's Independence Day, right? So it's an American national holiday, right? Emphasis on American national. Anna says her Dutch bank can't process the transfer because they're closed on this public holiday. Um. Last time I checked, Dutch banks didn't follow American exactly public holiday, national public holidays no. apart from Christmas and New Year's yeah. and Easter, but. Dodgy as fuck. Yeah. So let's jump ahead. Because, again, a lot of broken promises. Rachel seeks advice from a friend from college. Um, he is a lawyer. Um, and he's like, look, this isn't exactly my area of expertise, but I do have this, you know. I think that you should um, write to her and say that you are considering legal action. Yeah. You know? And let it... If she is coming into her full inheritance... She, you must stipulate that on this date she has to pay you back. And then, so he's like, I'm not advising you anything yet. I'm going to talk to my, his friend from law school. Um, and, you know, we're going to, sorry, that was me dropping my pen. Um, we're going to get his advice because I don't want to misadvise you. So then this dude comes back and he's like, I wouldn't do that because that's considered extortion. Yeah. And he says... Um, you know, if you threaten her, it's, she's never going to pay you back because she's going to say you extorted her and the whole thing is void, right? Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting distracted because Valky's running around like a psycho licking the couch. Right, yeah. I'm serious. She's crazy. Valkus, honey, what are you doing? Cuddles. <laughs> she's looking at me like, what? So... On the 1st of August 2017, Rachel contacts the police. However, they tell her, look, it happened in Morocco. There's nothing we can do. So, um, Casey and Anna are like, there's something we're missing here. There's a piece of a puzzle we don't have. Yeah. So, they hold intervention and they get one of their other friends. So, there's four women. Um... Casey, Rachel, Anna, and this other friend. Um, and they grill Anna on everything. And the bottom line is they want to find out why her family won't step in and bail her out. Yeah. Um, Anna said that her parents told her she had to sort it out on her own. And then they're like, well, who are your parents? And then she's like, 
my parents and then she's like what are this is the other woman whose name i can't remember the other friend right yeah uh, i think casey brought her in and then she's like well who are your parents and you know these girls you know anna can't rachel can't sleep at night she's in this much stress and she's like oh but what about me my banks and this and nothing's happening for me either you know they're threatening to lock me up and blah 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 and it's like but you put this girl woman in all this for nothing she's like so what's your parents name what's your dad's name D- daniel 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 what delvey D- daniel daniel decker delvey i'm sorry does that sound like a german no it does not businessman billionaire businessman it sounds more like someone who's puerto rican that sounds like something doris day would have called her son no disrespect to the queen doris day also and she says that her dad said that because she blows through her monthly allowance he was going to push back her full inheritance so then they're like well are you german or are you russian because casey spent some time in russia yeah and she's like, I know what a Russian sounds like. And they also had the information that her dad was a Russian oil billionaire, right? Yeah. And then she's like, are you German or are you Russian? She's like, I'm German. And then she's like, and then they're like, so where are you from? Germany. And what nationality is your dad? He's German. So she said she had no remorse. For, she essentially had no remorse for what she was putting Rachel through. And when they like they kept pressing her, and she's like, "This is a quote from her. I didn't get into her bank account and like go shopping with it. So to her, it's justifiable." And then after this talk, it hits Rachel that this is a long, she's a long time con, yeah. long game con. Yeah. Um, and then she doesn't see Anna for a while, and they like kind of slips under the radar. And then Rachel contacts the Manhattan District Attorney's Office um, and she finds out that, well, a paper was put out, like a, the, I think it was the, I think it was the Daily Post, and they put out a paper, like an article in the paper saying that Anna Delvey was kicked out of a hotel because she was skipping the bill in New oh. York. Oh. Right? So Anna's like, um, so the story, yeah, it was, sorry, the story was on in the running the Daily News, um, and it used Anna's real name, Anna Sorokin. Sorokin is how you would pronounce it, but whatever. Yep. Um, and so she called, she goes to the district attorney's office and they're like, okay, we'll call you back. And she hears back from the financial frauds bureau of the DA's office, the district attorney's office, and they arrange a meeting. Turns out that, um, Rachel was there to also meet one of the assistant DAs, Catherine McCaw, who advised Rachel to contact American Express to dispute the charges. Um, Apparently, what I did when I researched American Express is they're one of the best people that you can be with if your accounts ever get hacked or in case of fraud. So they provide so much service for their staff, um, and that's why attendants like to charge the 2.5% surcharge on American Express cards because they're very protective of their clients' money. Yeah. So, allegedly, they're one of the best people. If you're going to get credit cards, Black Amex is the way to go. From my research, right? So, Anna's like, hang on, I have her 
Amex card because remember when she sent her photos, the back and front, when she had to book the flights? Yep. So she gives them those photos. Um, she gives them the text messages, the email chain, the constant back and forth and bullshit because, again, they're texting every day for months. Yeah. And no money is appearing. She yeah. gives them all of Bettina's, Bettina Wagner's emails. Um, you know, her the Anna's accountant. Yeah. And so on and so forth. And so... Again, nothing's really hitting the fan in here. So she calls and contacts American Express and she disputes the charges. And I'm basically going to summarize that these disputes, both on the corporate card and on her personal card, are going to be opened and closed so many times, right? The hotel is going to say, but we have her signature on the pre-authorization form. And then American Express is going to go back to her and say, but you signed a pre-authorization form. And then she said, yes, I told you about that in my original statement, but I told you I signed under duress and being told that I would be credited that account. So then American Express would reopen that. Yeah. And then same thing with the, um, you know, her story is running in the news. She has frauded brain, you know, fraud, frauded hotels. Yeah. Um, she also frauded me to fit some of her personal bills. So that's what she was doing, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, uh, so, yeah, they open and close lots of times. So on Tuesday the 5th of September, that's when Anna was slated to be seen in court, and she decided to ditch her court date. Um, turns out that the DA's office of Manhattan couldn't really do much, and apparently they don't know how to do much investigation. So they asked Rachel to do all that for them. Well, not really. I think Rachel took it into her own hands, but they trusted Rachel to track her down. Um, and it was a lot of back and forth and stalking her on Instagram, trying to figure out where she was, trying to get back in her good graces with texting, and you can imagine how many days and weeks this took. Yes. Is this bitch going to go down for grand larceny? So, I'm going to ignore you said that, and we're going to continue on. So, the DA, well, via Rachel, the DA found out that um, she was in Passages, which is a rehab... Moz, what are you looking at? There's no food up there for you, little one. She's like, oh, she's looking at Day Day, I think. A solar plant. She's like, what is that? Because, you know, it hasn't been there for years. Anyway. So, they found her in Passages, which is a rehab center in Malibu. And, I mean, it only costs 60000 US bucks a month. Fucking hell. So, she gets into contact with Anna. She slowly wins her trust over text. And Anna's like, yo, can you smuggle some vodka in when you come and visit me? Um, and apparently, it wasn't for her. It was for someone else. Okay. The place, but whatever. Um, so... Anna was... Apparently when you go to the rich rehab centres, they let you go out for the day. Oh. And so they had agreed that they were going to meet at a restaurant. So as she's walking to the car to meet Rachel at the agreed restaurant... Yep. She's apprehended by Officer McCaffrey from the Manhattan DA's office. Um, He's the guy that Rachel was forwarding all of the goings on to, right? Yeah. Her main contact. Then, obviously, Rachel's at work because that's what you do you, when you're not stealing money from people. You've got to work to pay your bills and pay other people's debt, right? Yeah. So she's at work on the photo shoot and she's getting texted updates from this officer. And then she gets a phone call from a holding prison in Texas, but she never answered that call. 
Um, so slowly the full monetary values start being published. She owns tw- owes $20,000 to Richard Branson's hotel and six other charges estimated to be $275,000 US stolen through a variety of scams and she was attempting to steal millions more. So I'm not saying this because I want to advise people on how to do this scam but I was just interested and I think it's important for people to know in case someone tries to pull this move on you right this scam method is called check kiting I knew nothing about it until I researched it so what it is is like um say I want to I'm giving you let's rewrite that I'm depositing a check in the bank yeah some banks unlike Commonwealth Bank which is who I'm with apparently they transfer that money instantly as if it's already in your account. Yeah. The check sits in holding, the actual physical check. Right, so I go to a teller. Here's my check for 5K. The teller puts 5K in my account and she holds, or he, holds onto my check. Yeah. Right, and that has to get processed over a certain amount of business days. She would immediately withdraw as much as that money as she possibly could or write another check from that account to another account. Yeah. Right, so that's what you're doing. You're taking all that money out. Um, and you're pretty much banking on having that time between the bank realizing that money doesn't exist or not. Yep. So it's like, say that I went to ANZ and I went to Westpac because I would never, ever do, not that I would ever do it, but I would never ever do it to Combank. So say that I write an ANZ check and then I go to Westpac, it through my Westpac account and say I want to deposit this check from this ANZ cashier's check, right? Yeah. And then I just write checks from one to the other. Um, there's no money in the account, but the banks don't know that. I see. This is I don't. I didn't think that this could happen in yeah, Australia. This, this is, couldn't happen. Yeah. You don't get your money until the check is cleared. Exactly. Right. It's or a, is Australia too advanced? I, I don't understand. Just doesn't like losing money. <sighs> right. So she's kind of like shopping these accounts. She's going to different banks, setting up different accounts. That's all she did all day. Just went to banks and opened and transferred money. That's all she did. And went to different banks to take the money out. That's all she did. That was her day. Yeah. Right? So it turns out that she had deposited 160,000 US bucks in bad checks to Citibank and pulled 70k out of that non-existent money before the check had bounced. Great. Right? So that's not bad. Um, After the trip... To Marrakesh, the trip to hell, she had opened an account with Signature Bank and deposited fifteen thousand in bad checks. Then she withdrew eight thousand two hundred bucks in cash before the banks bounced the checks. Right. So then people are saying maybe she was planning on paying Rachel back. The thing is, you're still doing it via criminal means. You're still a fucking criminal for yeah being in the hotel in the first place, right? So it all called up with her when Citibank and Signature detected the fraudulent activity. They shut down her accounts, contacted the NYPD, and then they found out that she falsified documents from international banks in Switzerland and Germany to the tune of just a casual £60 million. So this ain't petty theft. This is grand larceny. So she had taken these fake... I can't say... We're almost there, all right? So she had taken these fake docs to... um, City National Bank because she wanted to secure a $22 million loan for her art precinct, right? 
and it was supposed to include restaurants and cafes and it was going to be like a little suburb but an art precinct, right? Yeah. Kind of like what the uh, Royal Melbourne Children's Hospital did. Yeah. So they denied her. So she tried to do the same thing at Fortress. And they said, look, we'll give you 25 million bucks if you give us 100K to cover legal and due diligence expenses that we have to do. Yeah. Right? To all of our customers. So on the 12th of January, 2017, she goes to City National Bank secures a $100,000 loan and goes to the fortress office and gives them $100,000 so they can do their due diligence on her. Jeez. Right? Um, So finally, Rachel gets the hotel bill on her corporate card credited. Um, A very close friend, and I think a very close family friend, offered Rachel a loan and she was like, look, I don't... She offered. It was like Rachel went up to her and Rachel was like, look, um, I will set up a payment plan with you. I'll do everything I can. And that's what they did, right? Yeah. Eventually, the course, the court, the case had to go to court for trial. And Rachel had to be subjected to the whole testifying and witness experience. And she was yeah. really degraded by um, Anna's attorney and stuff. Um, now, the thing is, the... Um, author from I think it was New York Post who or Van, New York Post who broke all this story and covered it all. She secured a deal with either HBO or Netflix, and the book that Rachel wrote. So one of them got the HBO deal and the other one got the Netflix deal. Yeah. Um, I think it's the the post attempt the per, the person the journalist who wrote to the post got Netflix yeah and Rachel got HBO yeah. because Netflix paid for Rachel sorry Netflix paid for Anna to have the most fucking exorbitant wardrobe while she was on trial they had staffers sitting in the trial right because it's coming out in the, the public pub- gallery in the public gallery right because Jeez. they wanted to play it out. It's cinema. It's real life. Yeah. That's the next step in true crime. If you can get the documentary people to be in the document, it's, it's, it's a, you know, yeah. you can't, you're living it then. Yeah. You're there. Your story matters. Jeez. Because you had a first front row seat to this happening. You know, no other, would you rather make a documentary about someone that something, some reading something that someone wrote? Yeah. Or we were here, we saw it, so then technically Netflix would own the rights to that. Well, Netflix owned the rights to the journalist story. Yeah. HBO bought the rights from Rachel's book. Yeah. Right. So, um, where was I going with this? All right. Um, so the whole trial's very highly publicised. Um, and as attorney... Also turns out she was representing, um, he was represent. He's representing Anna through her entertainment dealings. So he was the one who was there when Netflix asked her to sign the deal, right? He helped cut the check for Anna. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, so the papers found out her actual father, and um, he was very disappointed with her. He said that you know she needs to serve time for her crimes. Um, more interestingly, he's not called Triple D. Yeah. I'm not going to say his real name, but her family migrated to Germany from Russia. They had no idea that their daughter was living it up 
in New York. Um, apparently, they didn't have much contact with her. On the 25th of April 2019, the New York State Supreme Court found her guilty of eight charges against her, including grand larceny yes. in the first degree, Woo-hoo! grand larceny in the second degree, grand larceny in the third degree, and theft of services. She had used apps. Both for- so my main question was, as soon as I read the book and um, the Bettina Wagner came up, as soon as I had that name, I'm, I was like, does this person actually exist? She's just making up characters. That's why the bitch had two phones and a laptop. Yes. So she's bouncing calls and emails to to, from different numbers yeah. to different people yeah. to make it look like she's sorting out the situation. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, so she had fake voicemails, fake fictional, well, obviously fictional bankers, um, and was falsifying documents using this MacBook. Because if you don't know, you can actually... Um, Unless you know how to boost the contrast on your screen, Mac will let you do anything to a document. Yeah. So, for example, say that you gave me your birth certificate. I could import and I could open that in my version of the PDF browser and type any... I don't even need to pay for an extended service like Adobe. Yeah. I don't even need to import it into anything like Illustrator. Just with the book, MacBook... Um, what is it called? Preview. I can just open it through my PDF preview thing and type anything. I can change your name to my name, right? Print out that, make it look like it's a real document. But if, because I'm emailing, scanning it, it's completely different, right? It's a piece of paper. And I could get a loan in your name. It's bullshit. If people aren't doing, again, their due diligence. Yeah. Right? So that's the power of technology that we have right now. So, yeah. All right. So this Bettina Wagner... She's part of the scam. She didn't exist. Um, her Google history on her new MacBook said that her search terms were how to send untraceable emails. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Um, but apparently the whole ploy had come undone in Morocco um, because she essentially left New York with no money. Yeah. But her ploy was she had to reset her visa anyway. She just didn't have enough time and or, that's why she was so hectic before the trip yeah because she can't cover for anything you know what i mean she was going away so yeah uh i guess she'd had no time to figure out her next move she yeah. didn't have enough time and or money so now was said anna was sentenced to four to twelve years in prison and she's serving her sentence at bedford hills correctional facility for women in westchester county new york when she's finished serving her sentence, she'll be deported to Germany. Um, from what I can tell, she's due to be released on the 19th of October, 2021. Uh, the remainder of the charges were eventually reversed for Rachel. Uh, for her, that nightmare has finally come to an end. She obviously, between the deals and her story, um, was able to pay her friend back for the loan. And her boyfriend had also given her $2,000 to cover for rent or something else at another time. Yep. Um, so she's in the green now and probably has more money now that An- than Anna ever will, and rightly so. Um, and as much as she fell for this scam, I don't think she needs to explain to anyone why she's trying to monetize on her story. Um, it's not like she's out faking shit like someone else in this story. Yeah. Um, she did it and she paid her bills, what, what she thought, you know, the loan she had to pay, and that's literally all that matters. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, good on her for making. Like, she had to go through a shit story to make herself some money, but at least she's never, you know. Yeah. What do you do? Um, apparently, a lot of people have contacted Rachel and confided in her about their own experiences, and she says that's what really drove her to write this book. She copped, like I said, a lot of crap about writing a book. She had to justify in the ABC YouTube video that I was talking about um, earlier. She said she really did believe that Anna was a wealthy German heiress. And she says that, look, in hindsight, I probably didn't pay close enough attention to the things I saw. And I obviously dismissed a lot. Um, so what do you think? Because me personally, I think that... Anna was going there with the intention of getting Rachel to pay for everything. Oh yeah. But I think she was hoping to have paid her back yeah, as she soon as she tr- got She was back looking to New York. at her to be a cash cow yeah. to get her out of the the hole. But instead, um, you know what? It didn't eventuate and she got caught out. Yeah. I don't think that I don't even think Anna thought she was going to get caught out, to be honest. No. She, I don't think she was expecting things to unravel that way. Um, but she, that she was planning on eventually covering for Rachel, but she just was trying to buy more time. And, like, at the same time, it's a lot different to, for example, say that it's happened to me a few times before where I've paid bills, either in advance or whatever, and there's been weeks where you've gone, hey, like, even let's just go to Nando's. And I said, look, I'm so sorry. I've just paid so-and-so. Not that you would ask me to justify, but I'd say, look, I'm flat stony. You know, I've got no money in my account. And then you would say... I'm not asking you if you've got money. Yeah. I'm asking you, do you feel like Nando's? That's normal. That'd be like that's like the the normal way yeah. how people work. It's like, yeah. Oh yeah, I got you. And again, worry, we've yeah. known each other for fucking years. So it's fine, right? It's like warehouse mates, that works. Yeah. But it's not like if I said to you, right, we're going to fucking Morocco and I'm paying for everything, you'd be like, I'm kind of worried. Like, not into that. Yeah. I'll pay for my own flights, my own, you know, and you would specify. Here's my money transfer for the flights. Or I will book my own flights. You should provide me with the itemized receipt of the hotel and I'll pay my third. Yeah. It's just, it's yeah, weird. But that's just me. Um, so, yeah. I, I could never do that. I'd like to think this situation in this, 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 the way the story unfolded for Rachel, I'd like to think I wouldn't fold for it but you don't know until you're in that situation to be no. honest I would like to think that things would add up for me much faster but what about you I think honestly that bullshit there was so many red flags and they just weren't seen yeah it's poor just, Rachel I just you know but yeah bullshit anything else to add um that rug you were talking about yeah um there's actually, I think at this point in time, the most expensive rug ever sold is um, the Sotheby's 17th century antique Persian carpet, which sold for $33 million. Just Google these rugs. They are insane. They, they're like different ones. There are some that are very plushy and whatnot. Um... Like this rug... Um, but these are to put it into perspective these are hand pulled like hand netted yeah hand pulled this like is it cotton they use I don't even know yeah so but whatever they think it was potentially acquired for a museum Um, it's just phenomenal 
So apparently, um, they reckon it was probably from the ancient city of Kaman, and it was a sickle leaf vine scroll. It's just, um, and like you just look at it, the colors and everything, it is phenomenal. Just, yeah. Just so, a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, so essentially, it's yeah, extreme. It's an extremely rare masterpiece. Um, they were expecting it to be about ten million dollars, but it went for thirty-three. Like imagine that, but plushy. Yeah, that's the kind and huge. It's huge, that's... and you you be you see some people that hang them on their walls as tapestries. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. And um, yeah, there was another one. That was. Oh, so uh, how so, heavy is that? How much money would you have to spend checking that rug in? Well, yeah. Um, there was another one too. For example, this is similar to the one that she described. I oh, hope it loads in um, her book, and it's a knockoff selling for four hundred and fifty US bucks. Jeez. Let alone the real one. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, there's some. Uh, oh, and they're having a sale. So it would normally be 517 bucks through this knockoff um, website. Go buy a rug. <laughs> oh, um, it's a Moroccan uh, high atlas, authentic Moroccan rug. Atlas Mountains is the thing. Where's it from? America. Yeah. I'm sorry, wouldn't it be from Morocco? You'd think. But whatever. I ain't stupid. Yeah. Anything else you want to add to today's story? No, that's and pretty much podcast. It. Okay, if you're looking for us, we actually have a topic request form. So if there's something you specifically would like us to cover, head over, um, hit in the topic and also your uh, handle. So that way we can credit you as well as your pronouns. That way I refer to you appropriately. Yeah. Because we're all here um, to support pronouns exactly. in 2020. Nouns, pronouns, synonyms also. Yes. Um, we're on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Castro. Google Podcasts, Listen Notes, Luminary, Player FM, Podbean, Podchaser, Radio Public. You can subscribe to us via email, Spotify, Stitcher, Swool, Swoot, sorry, TuneIn, Overcast. You can find us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, or you can email us at controllersandcouches at gmail.com. He's Full Metal Chicken. Yes, I am. I'm Steph Fafar. Thank you for paying attention to us this week. Um, and, yeah, hope you all have a... Great afternoon, great week. I hope things look better in the world. True. To be honest, um, if you're out there with the uh, marches, please be safe. Yeah. And also keep the 1.5 meter distance. Yes. As well. Don't go catching yourself COVID. True. Otherwise, nothing. you get a little bit of a uh, you know immunosuppression. Well, going on. one person I follow on um, Instagram and TikTok, Nabella. You know the one, mm-hmm. the, the woman who's been self-isolating for 75 days yep. but she ended up contracting COVID and she's only been out four times yeah so yay for Corona alright thank you so much we be, may the uh, force be with you live long and prosper and also with you <laughs> is what you're supposed to say uh, make it as frustrating as possible and uh, yeah for the person who just laughed congrats thank you for enjoying my humour at least you do thank you ah. so much for all of your support you guys have been absolutely insane um and we're very, very grateful. Yes. Thank you very much. Our growth has been 
I don't want to use the word exponential, but... Yeah, better than my ability to grow, you know, plants. Right. No, those cacti have come back though, so... Yes, because I take care of them. I put them in the sun. Yes. Sun is good for plants. Really? Photosynthesis is a thing? I know, right? People don't know this. Yeah. Well, enjoy it while it lasts. Amazon ain't going to be around for, I don't know, five to ten. Alrighty, we're out. We are out. Bye-bye. Signing off. I'm out. And the long wait begins. (laughs) Ha-ha. Yes. For the person who just hung on that a little bit longer. I know, right? It's like, why do you love the sound of your voice? Because I make sounds like this. Yes. Until next week. Ha-ha. Peace and quiet. Done. Adios. Enjoy the subtitles.